Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dice Time. I'm Ben Jetron. I'm Paul Watson. And have we got an exciting show for you lined up. So, we have a little bit of big news. A little bit of big news, Paul. We just got back from Gen Con. How was your trip? Did you did you have the time of your life like we always do? Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Excellent. I loved every minute of it. Awesome. Well... Eagle-eyed fans may notice that we have labeled this episode differently. It is not just episode number. It is Gen Con 3, which sounds like a weird code or something, like a weird promotional code you could put into someone's website and get a discount. No, we actually have a little bit of a change happening with the podcast. It's all good, though. Don't worry. This is not a... This is Nothing's getting taken away. We're only adding to. And in order to help us explain... I'll go ahead and introduce the other two people that will be joining us for tonight's episode. So, first off, we have our manager, now turned co-host, Trista Walker. Hi! Great to be here. I thought I'd also say girlfriend, but nah, we'll save that for another time. Yeah. <laughs> the important title's up first. The the, the fun title's later. <laughs> And with us also is our special guest, uh, Trista's dad, Phil. Phil, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be here with you guys tonight. So, a little bit of explanation as to why we're all here. Well, normally, you know, me and Paul and Trista will usually, we for the last two years, we've regaled our tales of Gen Con. Um, but we have a little bit of some, we have a little bit of different changes this year. So the first big thing that we need to, that we need to say right up front, right off the gate is dice time is going to be officially opening its doors beyond star Wars Legion and opening itself up to just being a complete, well, more well-rounded gaming podcast. So this is something, what? I said, what? That's crazy. What? It's what? So this is something that Trista's been uh been pushing for a few years now. Uh and we've just and we we've just been sitting kicking around on it. It's never felt like the right time, but I think it I think it finally feels like the right time and so Trista's going to be coming on and uh we're going to have all sorts of other special guests and stuff on uh to do episodes for other games. So uh some of you wondering, "Oh god, what's happening to Legion?" The Legion podcast will stay the same. We're going to try, you know, as as good as we ever do, Paul, to upload one episode every month for Legion. Uh, we're going to uh, be labeling those episodes SW Legion with the following number. So that will stay in circulation the way that it should be. Um, but we're opening ourselves up to talking about other topics and other games because, uh, you know, there are just so many things. And Gen Con, I think, was a great reminder that there are just so many other games that we want to talk about. And we don't have to wait uh once a year to talk about all these other games like we do in the Gen Con episodes. I think we should just, you know, uh and and Trista's thought that you know, why why do we wait once a year? You know, she's been she's been saying like why do you why do you wait till the Gen Con episode to talk about all these things? Why don't we just do it year round? Why don't you just do it whenever you want? So uh cheers <laughs> cheers for the uh cheers for the for the new move everyone. And that's why she's the brain is of this operation. That's why she was always the manager. <laughs> because she's the brain. We, we've just accumulated so many games like the past few years that we could explore and talk about. 
Exactly. And I know Paul probably has a lot of other games too. I've I've seen Paul's games, so <laughs> Yes, I I have a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> so why wait to do it once a year when we could just do it whenever we want? Is exactly. the uh, is the thought that yeah, is the thought process that you were basically taking us down. And so here we are. This is the future. Welcome to the future. We've arrived. Oh, that's a cool shirt. Welcome to the future. We've arrived. <laughs> anyway, um, so that so that explains that. Uh, the other question is then, Phil, why are you here? I am here to talk about my first Gen Con experience. That's right. This, this it was, was amazing. Yeah, this was so. This was your first Gen Con. So Phil actually came with us and stayed in our hotel. We basically had we took him on the journey of his first Gen Con, and you said it was amazing? It was. It was amazing. I had a blast. Good. Spoilers, man. Spoilers. Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the it was awesome part, no. Yeah, let them think it was terrible and build up to it. <laughs> but yeah, so that was... Well, a, I mean, we, there, was the, there was the near riot the first day that I didn't find out about until later, but... The near riot? Uh, Lorcana. Oh, Lorcana. Oh, well, <laughs> we could we could spend we could spend a while talking about Lorcana, but why do that when no one's going to play that game next year? <laughs> they may not play it next year, but in two weeks, um, I am signed up to play Lorcana. Well, that should be at a local game store. You'll have to let well, us it, know how that yeah. is. Good luck yeah. with that one. Yeah. See if there's a will, see if there's a know. long line that wraps around the block to get into your <laughs> local game store. <laughs> well, supposedly it's it's invitation only after you signed up. Oh. And not, not everyone. The event is free, and they only have so many tickets. The event's free, and the pri- basically the price of admission is you buy um, a starter pack. Well, cool. So then you'll have a little bit, and you can tell us. If uh, all the hype at Gen Con is, was worth it. To which, yeah. when I tell you that some people were uh, staying up 16 hours overnight without sleeping uh, at the front of the doors, uh, I'm going to say, no, it's still not worth it. Uh, but it'll be cool to have your opinion. See, he yep. just if I had to wait, it wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> he already knows. All right. Well, I think all that pleasantries aside paul are you ready for are you ready to talk a little bit of legion absolutely it's traditionally the start of my weekend uh at gen con is to play the obligatory thursday legion games so thursday basically got entirely set aside for legion aside from zinvaded which will have a funny story coming out of that but uh, I thought I'd go ahead. We'll start. We'll just kind of talk about if you're just here for Legion, we'll kind of get that out of the way and talk about that first, knock that out. And then if you want to stay for, you know, this is technically Gen Con episode. So we're going to talk Legion up front just as a transitional thing, you know, and then we're going to go chronologically throughout the whole weekend uh, with everybody's experiences and just talk about all the cool stuff that they did at Gen Con. So woo, Gen Con themed episode. We'll start with Legion, though. So, uh, we brought ourselves to the early morning Gen Con 
to the to the Indiana Convention Center at early in the morning so that we could get signed in, ready to go. I brought all my stuff in like a big case. We brought stickers. We got the last of the Dice Time mugs to give out, Paul. Paul, there are no more Dice Time mugs to give out. We have given them all away. We're officially awesome. out of mugs. We're going to have to do another run. We are. Or... Or something new. We do have something new, mm. but I will tease that for just a little bit later to help build a little bit of that suspense. So, uh, what did I bring? Well, if uh, you've listened to the podcast any amount, you would probably know what I brought, but I'll go ahead and spell it out for you. We played Ladies' Night. That's all we play when we go to when we go to events. So if if you need to Always. if you need to counter build me, you know exactly what to do. Um, <laughs> just build a normal list. And just, show up. <laughs> just build a regular list, and you will have counterbuilt me. Good job. Um, no, so we brought Ladies' Night, which is my patented three female uh, leaders, uh, uh, character models of some kind, because now it's changed since it was originally conceptualized, uh, and then a whole bunch of other rebels that help support them. So. Uh, in this iteration, as we've kind of talked about in the previous Legion episodes, Jin Erso is is no more. We have now replaced her with Ahsoka Tano. Uh, the future the future is now. We've arrived. Is that what you said, Trista? Something something along those lines. Oh yeah, we have arrived. The future is now. We have arrived. <laughs> the future is now. Ahsoka Tano has arrived. So, uh, Jin is out. Ahsoka's in. Uh, and I'll quickly run through the version that I've been running of Ladies' Night at uh, recent store events and stuff like that. I'll go. I'll I'll quickly hit all of these uh, real fast. So we've got Leia with Vigilance and a portable scanner. We've got Ahsoka Tano with Force Push, Force Reflexes, Defensive Stance, and Situational Awareness. We've got Sabine Wren, Situational Awareness, Prepared Supplies, Personal Combat Shield, and the Darksaber. We've got two Rebel veterans with the CMO-93 Trooper and Recon Intel. We've got two Mark II Medium Blasters. We've got a group of Rebel Troopers with the Rebel Trooper Specialist. And we've got a group of Pikes with the P-13M Long Range Disruptor Soldier and the Capo. So, all in all, it is nine activations and 798 points. And yes, it can win games before you uh, before you start throwing it, that accusation out, because I went the traditional Gen Con one and two, so I did win one of my games. Uh, so Ladies Night holds strong. <laughs> well, holds. I don't know if we say strong, but um, we can still win games with it because uh, as we as we advocate on the cast all the time, Paul. If you know what you're playing. You can do better with it than the average Joe who just picks it up and throws it on the table. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons why you find success with this list, right? Like, well, or iterations of this list, because you've been playing it for years. Yeah. And I've, and, you know, even Ladies Night this year looks similar but very different to what Ladies Night did, you know, when I originally won my invite with it in 2020. You know, back then we had uh, no rebel veterans. It was just swaths of rebels with uh, the range four guns and astromechs that were supporting ATRTs, which are also no longer in this list. Uh, you know, now yeah. it's just groups of veterans with Mark Twos and Pikes 
you know, and then there's a small rebel group of a specialist in there that kind of just do who knows what. Uh, I call them surprise squad because they always surprise me with a their dice rolls and b what their actual goal is and what they do in in any given game. <laughs> it's always a surprise to me. So we've got all of that. We brought all of those to the table, and we were prepared to do three rounds of Legion. So before I get into opponents and what we actually like games we actually played. I think I wanted to start off with just a little bit of discussion around the organization of the event. So, Paul, you did not play in the Legion event, so this is not something you'll have firsthand knowledge of, correct? I did not play in the event. Uh, the most I did is come over and see you and look at some tables, and I I watched a little bit of a, a game at that time before heading to another event. So, yeah, I usually keep my Gen Con pretty open so I can spend a lot of time walking around and shopping and if you've listened to our past episodes it's it's pretty much the same <laughs> same 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 thing but different adventures yeah um so this year paul we had the new store tournament kit start so we had yeah, yeah so we have a new season with amg this is, I think, the official first season of you know store in world invites and stuff and store tournaments with Atomic Mass Games being the people running it. So there was the rule doc that went out for store tournaments, and that same rule doc has the rules that apply also to majors and all the other like levels of events based on you know player count and everything. All of them are to follow this packet. Let me preface by let me preface my next statement by saying I'm not dogging on anybody. I'm not saying that this was bad. I'm not saying that anyone's doing anything bad or wrong. But I want to point out something I found very interesting during the initial uh what do I want to call it? Orientation, I guess, opening ceremony. Yes, opening ceremony. Um they were not at all following the rules that were put out in the new store document kit. The organizers yeah. for the tournament were not going at all based on that document. They were very much going on uh, what we've seen from events like this years prior. So they were not at all following the like the new rules that came out in May. And like I said, I'm not dogging on them and saying that like that was wrong or how dare they not follow their own rules or anything like that. I just found that extremely interesting because I went into this thinking that this was going to be a different Gen Con experience than any of the years prior that I had, and that was not the case. This very much yeah. felt like how it, how it's been the past few years. Yeah, I found that really interesting, too, that as we've been talking about it, that they came out with this whole new rule set, and it kind of got tossed out the window pretty quick on day one. Yeah. So, like, yeah, they didn't... They, they weren't following those uh, guidelines, which made me even more... Which 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 t- leads me even more into the suspicion of how are we enforcing this? You know, how are we yeah. enforcing this document? Uh, because, and I don't know if we touched on it in the last episode or if it was on Friday Night Fights or what it was, but we've talked about um, before these store tournaments that have uh, that have these you know, stipulations in the rules or something that goes astray in the rules. Like technically in the kit, Paul, we can only have 16 players minimum. If you have less than that, that's not that, that's not permissible, you know. Right. And it, and also in this document, you're not allowed to display the time for anybody. 
You're not players are not allowed to be told or displayed the time of left in the round. Um, and you know, so these things are happening at store tournaments where those rules aren't being followed. You know, I've right. heard of events that have only had eight players in them. I've heard of events that had 12 players in them. I, and then I know of events that are very much just blatantly showing people the time, like the judge is telling people the time, reminding everybody the time. And these are just tiny examples of things that other stores are doing. I'm obviously I'm not like I'm not obviously I'm not butt hurt or I'm not salty about any of this because if I was, you know I'd be name dropping them and being like, "Why aren't we doing anything about this?" But like I I honestly am not. I'm just really curious as to what the plan is as far as enforcing some of those rules that they put out because if this is a rule document that we must follow to a T, then there's no one enforcing that right now and there's no system in which to really enforce it. If this is a guideline list of suggestions, then so be it. But then you're also going to have to put in there, hey, if you don't follow this to a T, that's okay. So long as you follow most of it or something. Some kind of preface in there to say that, hey, this these aren't hard and fast rules. Because as presented, they seem like hard and fast rules, but they're not being followed. So I don't know what the right answer is there. Um, I personally am not so competitive and so, uh, mean spirited that I need to present it as a problem that must be resolved. Like right, right stat now. Uh, I really, I'm not going to say I could care less, but, uh, technically I could care less. <laughs> I just, uh, I just found it interesting, uh, Paul, cause I don't know if I've, I've never seen a game like this where. Not to say that I've played a bunch of games like this, but I've never really been a part of a game or anything where this document goes out and then the there's no real enforcement for it. It's kind of just like, you know, do whatever you want. Yeah, I. it's just interesting, like, how it's all played out, and it almost gives me this, like, impression that there's a lot of flexibility in the document even though it doesn't seem right like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't present itself like it's a flexible document but in practice so far it has been because you know uh, and I'm not positive on this cuz I was never part of this process but uh fantasy flight games when they were in charge of this you had to qualify for these events you know, and there was a whole list of things that you had to do and you, hoops you had to jump through just to get the kit in the first place. Then you had to report everything. They also even, I think, went as far as scheduling some of those games out. You know, they did, they had their hand so in the pie that you almost didn't have control. Like, all the control you had was actually running the thing, and that was about it. Otherwise, everything was done by, like, the strings were pulled by FFG. And in this case, AMG is just kind of sending kits out to whatever store asks for them. And then saying, here's the rule document. But then they're not enforcing that in any way. They're kind of just, like, giving it to you and then turning their attention away to other things. And then you come up and you're like, hey, we're done. And they're, oh, oh who won? Um, Chris. Cool congrats Chris and then they kind of just turn away and then like that's it and <laughs> and that's kind of how it feels and it's like wow so uh that's that, that's all they're really doing huh so this event was like 
very weird to me because we had this new rule doc and we're not follow and we just weren't following it whatsoever. So um, I'm okay with that because, like we've talked about before, there's some things in this rule doc that I don't totally agree with that seem kind of weird. But uh, I'm perfectly fine with the old ways. You know the way the way that we had prior and how everything was scored, how everything was, uh, the etiquette that organizers have with players uh, in the old system, I think also was okay. So uh, you'll get no complaints from me, just uh, observations that uh, that will trigger discussion for people. So that's all I had to say about that. Paul, anything you have to say about that otherwise, besides it was interesting, which is all we're really saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, I just feel like it almost it when the rule document came out it felt very like strict and rigid mm-hmm. and now that's what the with wording what seems like yeah but what they've done here is almost like do the opposite and kind of almost give permission for everybody to do kind of what they feel <laughs> yeah because well and, and and that's very uh do as I say, not as I do of them to put this out and then not follow a single bit of it. Yeah, which that's the part that I find just like really intriguing is that it's just opposite of what they've said. And it's like, what kind of example are you setting at, you know, a major event like this? And then you're going to expect your little local stores to follow these rules too. Um, and especially when a lot of a lot of people who are running events might feel like you know you do, um, whereas like some of some of the rules, like I don't disagree with all of them, but some of them I just don't think are great, and so I'm just going to choose as a TO not to follow those, and we'll see right. how it goes. And, there, um, and I know, and I know there are people in this community who have a big problem with the fact that. Uh, like I'm just trying to like I'm trying to bring this discussion up for those people without having their discussion or without sharing their view necessarily, but I want to bring it up because I feel like it's a hot topic. Um, sure. That there are that there are people who very much hate the way that this is not being enforced, and they want these rules to get enforced at every event because they're going to show up to this event where something is not getting done properly, and then that somehow screws them out of an experience that they wanted or that they paid for or that they dedicated their time and effort into playing. And then it didn't go the way that they were expecting because they, because the document that was supposed to be enforced was not enforced all at the whim of the organizer. So there are a lot of people that have this problem. I'm not necessarily one of them, but I do find the discussion interesting. Yeah, I think I think one of the big things is the is the time piece, right? That that's an interesting right. one that I've heard a lot of people talk about is just not showing the time in the round. And if you were a player, like okay, you know those rules, you might be practicing, you know, your games on kind of that like mental clock and like putting a lot of effort into training for not having the access to that clock, that game clock, and then all of a sudden it's not that rule isn't followed anymore. And it's like, Oh, well, I put in all this effort. Yeah. Yeah. To, to practice this and make sure that my, you know, my timing was good. And all of a sudden, maybe I should have been practicing something else. So, or yeah. yeah, just, it'll be interesting to see how people, you know, take what, what happened at this major event and, 
or what response AMG might have. I mean, they might come out and say, hey, you know, I know that this, you know, event was run much different than our our rule set that we put out. And so here's some here's some more guidance on that. Yeah. And then we'll briefly we'll briefly touch on this. And if you want to hear more about it, we went on uh, Friday Night Fights podcast last night, episode 168. And we talked with them about this, all all this in much more length. But uh, Paul, we did not have 64 players per day whatsoever this year, <laughs> despite Gen no. Con saying that each event was sold out. Thursday Heat was 20, what, 20, uh, I had it right in front of me, 28, 28, yeah. and then Friday was 37. However, it was offered to us at the start of Thursday a that we that because of the number of players we had and time and time that it would take and everything, we were opted opted to vote if we wanted to do two or three rounds. So yeah. that was a choice that was just put into the players' hands if we wanted to play two or three rounds. Um, despite whatever I despite whatever I put in, we played for three rounds. Uh, so, and, and despite anybody who might've voted for two rounds, uh, it was an over, it sounded like an overwhelming majority, uh, wanted to play three rounds, which is fair. Uh, you know, you show up for three rounds, you expect three rounds, you should get three rounds. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that was offered to us, uh, as players was that if we did not make the top eight cut and move to Saturday or Sunday, like whatever, I don't actually even remember what day three was. I thought it was Sunday, but it could have been Saturday. Um, if we did not make that cut, we were invited to come back and play Friday, which is interesting because both of the events were supposedly sold out. According to Gen Con, there were people that were trying to get in that couldn't get in. But if you went there that day, literally only half of the tables were getting used. Like there was not, you, you didn't have an overwhelming 64 person heat each day. That was not the case whatsoever. Yeah, I, w- I was really surprised when I showed up at the tables and I, I thought you were in the middle of rounds. Like the, yeah, some we people had finished rounds. up their game. Yeah, yeah. That some people had finished <laughs> up their game. There was another, like, you know, a couple people um, had gone to the bathroom or, you know, whatever it might be. And then I realized that you were actually just starting a round. And yep. I was like, oh, yep. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that, so were this few, huh? And yeah, so like you said, I think AMG's response to that is going to be interesting because we're looking at different player counts. Uh, I think that was more, that had to be more of a Gen Con issue, I think. Um, that's what I'm chalking it up to, at least. I think that had to be a Gen Con error because yeah. I, it, for it to be registered as sold out and then for literally over half of the people not to show up seems sus. <laughs> seems Seems sus to me. Yeah, so. it, there's there is something that I feel like must have happened with the tickets or something along those lines, you know, or just and or just people who sign up for the event thinking that they're going to play and then decide they're not going to at the last minute because it's Gen Con and I want to make sure I, you know, have time to go see all these other things or I want to go get in the yeah. Lorcana line. But or... the other thing, that, <laughs> they all went to Lorcana. That's it. You've, you've solved the puzzle. I've solved the puzzle. Perfect. All right. Well, we won't harp on this too much. If you want to hear more discussion about that, like I said, Friday Night Fights, episode 168, Paul and I were special guests there. So we got to talk about all things Gen Con, but we mostly sat there and talked about the semantics uh, that we just basically went into. So I'm going to now 
pound through our my three rounds and my three games real fast, and then we will move on. Um, so my first game was uh, very disheartening when I stepped up to the table because I had to face Tempest Force, and I was Oof. like, "Oh, great! Right off the right off the bat, we're going with it." Okay. So my opponent was uh, Montgomery. He brought a, uh, I, I believe Montgomery Montague is his name. Uh, awesome name. Uh, he brought yeah. a ATST, a double ATST. One of them being Major Marquand, and then the other one being the Imperial Hammers pilot with some stuff. Uh, double R four Stormtroopers, double Scout Troopers, naked and triple speeder bikes. So it was nine activations, 787 points. And we played key positions, which made me feel like, okay, I maybe have a chance as opposed to like bombing run or something where I'm like, okay, sure. I'm just screwed. Um, so we played key positions. Uh, the, I, the, I think the major thing that happened during his, during our game is he was focusing down and this made sense to me when he said it. He, he wanted to focus down and kill my army and ignore my characters, which makes sense to me. You know, key positions, sure. you know, those things are easier to kill. Those are the white dice things. Kill the white dice things. So there, there's less activations that are able to take on uh, or that are able to contest points. That makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. And he even said that like during our game, he was like, yeah, like my goal was basically is basically to kill your army. He didn't say this like round one. It was probably round three or four or something when he said like, I already know what he's doing by this point. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but the problem with it is by doing that, you leave Sabine and Ahsoka completely unchecked. And yeah. when you leave those two completely unchecked, you get a hammer to your list. <laughs> because round three, his ATST is down. Like, is, Ooh, is, is yeah. removed. Because uh, my first, my first goal was to run Ahsoka and and Sabine past a like around a building, so they had line of sight blocking to get there, and then all at once, family reunion, whoosh, right around the tape, right around the corner of the building, and zoom into combat with this Walker. So by turn three, uh, this Walker was down. So it was cut like Ahsoka cut it in half. <laughs> so Yikes. that was dealt with. Troopers that were between me and the walker and next to me and the walker were all dealt with. And even with the R5, even with the R4s repairing this walker, it was not enough. So, uh, walker, walker down, uh, veterans and Mark twos are shooting at bikes and stuff. They're, uh, able to dispatch most of what was left. I was able to have one unit of pikes hang on to, and just by the capo, just by the skin of the capo, uh, hold on to this back objective and take out the bikes that are that were uh, coming to threaten me. He uses one bike to do some damage on my front line and then zoop back around and be the back cap unit. Which I don't know how I felt about that being a bike. I kind of, I kind of just thought you should have done that with a scout trooper, maybe with yeah. all your naked scouts. Just deploy them on like next, excuse me, next to the point and then just move them on the point and then just that's forty eight points dealt with. Bikes are 70 points, and they can go really fast and do a lot of damage. So right. I would have thought that. But, you know, uh, there there are also games of my own that I look back on and go, wow, why did I do that? In fact, one of my games here, I <laughs> I did that. 
but I know why. I, but I know why I did it wrong. Anyway, um, long story short, the game ends with uh, Rebel victory. We were able to take down Tempest Force because we killed enough of them, and were able to hold the middle point. <laughs> it was a bloodbath. But uh, I, there you go. Yeah, I bet that was a bloodbath. That that list just kills a lot of stuff, and it gets in there right away to do it. So. Yeah. Um, so there was your lesson. Don't leave Ahsoka and Sabine unchecked because, uh, they'll, they'll kill your walkers. <laughs> uh, Marquand lived to the end of the game, but on half health. So if we had, if we had one or two more rounds, uh, then or, like if we had one more round, I think Marquand would have been out, but, uh, we, we, we still finished the, we finished all of our games. I believe, I don't think any of the games got called at the time anyway. Um, so that was Montgomery. Uh, great opponent, great dude. Uh, loved playing with him. So my round two game was with Nathan Nicholson, uh, and he played. He he was one of the only Republic lists. So he brought oh, nice. Yoda, two phase ones with RPS sixes, two phase twos with Z sixes, and then two uh, arc troop full arc troopers, one with the DC and one with Echo. Uh, his whole list came out to 793 points and was seven activations. Uh, I'm familiar with Yoda. Yoda messes you up if you're not prepared for him. Mm-hmm. And we played Recover the Supplies, which I thought, oh man, I'm going to be in a really good spot for this. And I don't know why I didn't think it, but oh man, was I in a, such a terrible spot for this because Yoda is so good at Recover the Supplies <laughs> because yeah. he can make those other troopers move extra. So mm-hmm. he got arc troopers on that middle box and claimed it faster than Sabine could get up there and claim it. So it was, and and then Yoda was able to. I I'm I dashed in there and grabbed him before Yoda could pull them away, um, by getting Sabine in melee with them. And then my problem was uh, Yoda jumped up there into the middle of the battlefield, which is not what I expected. And then he forced pushed Sabine out of melee, and I was like, oh no, or no, it was Ahsoka. It was Ahsoka, not Sabine. Uh, Ahsoka dashed up there and got in melee, and then he force pushed Ahsoka out into the open from that melee. And I said, "Oh no, uh, we have a problem." So uh, that game fell apart very fast. Uh, I thought by having the force user and by having Sabine that I would be good at recover the supplies, but against Yoda, I was not. So uh, that game fell apart for me very fa- very fast, and then just went downhill from there. So we lost that one, but that's all right. Um, last round. We played Trace Hazelbaker, and he also brought Rebels, and he brought an Echo Force with Leia, uh, two, uh, three groups of veterans with heavies, extra bodies, and recon intel, three Mark Twos. Uh, I think it was two Tauntauns. Now I'm starting to question that. Was it two Tauntauns? Yeah, there was two Tauntauns. With yeah, with with offensive push each, and then there was uh, a T forty seven with wedge and a ground buzzer. So uh, there was a lot going on. It was a full eight hundred ten act list. There was a lot going on there. We played recover the supplies as well, and I thought surely this time I will be able to take this. I'll be able to get Sabine in there. I'll be able to get Ahsoka in there. You don't have it. You know, Tauntauns can't claim this objective. You know, surely I'll get it. So. I start going in going in hard to go grab these objectives. And then we have an unintended gotcha moment, which was not Uh-oh. at all. Yeah, which was not 
something either of us were having were, were, were cool with that happened. He was not aware that the same unit could hold multiple of those boxes. So oh. like I'm we were both aware that you couldn't grab two in the same round because claim is its own unique action, but he right. wasn't aware that you could take two boxes at all. And in yeah. fact, he said his uh, all of his friends were saying no, he was wrong. Only one unit can or one unit one unit can only hold one box at a time. So I told him I would do this. Um if you were one of if you're one of uh if you're one of Trace's friends and you told Trace he was wrong for having multiple boxes, you need to sit down and rethink your life because you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go, Trace. There was your shout. Um anyway, so we have this unintended gotcha moment because Sabine is now rushing around grabbing boxes and he did not know that Sabine could grab multiple boxes. So his plan is now horribly out of favor. And then we start having a problem because we're getting judges called over, making sure that everything we're doing is legal. And unfortunately for him, everything I'm doing is totally legal. So we have this bad interaction where we're like, oh no, what do we do? So I'm still playing the game out as normal until, and this is where everything in my game went. And so far this sounds like, oh, you should have this game in the bag then. And I should have, except for one problem. The next event that I was going to have was Zinvaded. And last year when we did Zinvaded, it was literally like a a stone throws distance from the Legion tables. Yeah. And I just assumed for some dumb reason when I saw like where it was and everything, I was just like, oh, there's some numbers and some letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just means that they're at those tables over there. And I, and I saw color and I was like, oh, yeah, that just means that they're at those tables over there. Cool, cool, cool. And I messed up because uh, I Trista came up to me and she was like, uh, you know that this event isn't uh, here, right? And I'm like sitting there and I was like oh no and i'm uh, and this is mid game i'm like mid game when this is happening so i'm like middle of my distract i'm like completely coming out of my game and like looking up at the wall like oh god what have i done so i like slowly turn and i'm like okay well what does that mean like where where is the event and we <laughs> like we look at the tickets it's in lucas oil so we're like, yeah. oh no, like that's so far from here. Complete opposite end. You almost can't get much further no, from where you from were where I to was. where you needed to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. Oh so, yeah, and we figured that out like 10 minutes before. Yeah, the- and- <laughs> and the time <laughs> couldn't have been worse. Start. Yeah, you were like, hey, so in 10 minutes from now, we're supposed to be in Lucas Oil. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh God, no. So... Uh, so I'm like now flustered and I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Well you guys just have to go and I'll meet you. And at this point I know I'm not like going undefeated. I, and I, and I just, I've never conceded a game of Legion, but man, did I come so close to just being like, I concede and, 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 and running with them. But I didn't because I've, I just want to hold that. I just want to hold that self myself accountable to that. I've never conceded a game of Legion. I always play it out all the way to time. And so I 
really just started making a lot of really sloppy choices to just kind of get the game over with. I'm not going to say that I threw the game because in no way did I, but I definitely looking back on it, I was definitely getting very sloppy with my, with my choices because I was for some reason I had three of the boxes. Ahsoka had a box and Sabine had two boxes. My plan was once I had all the boxes that I had, I was just going to, you know, fly away and hope that and hope that rebels live because that's how rebels play. They basically play their objective and then they run and hide and hope that they don't get shot. So Sabine and Ahsoka were going to jump on buildings and fly over buildings and fly off into the sunset together and see if they could get away with what they had done. And for some reason, like as I play it back in my brain, for some reason, I'm going for this fourth box really hard. I'm like really pushing to get this fourth box, which I don't need. And my brain was just like so shut off and disconnected now because my next event was in Lucas Oil and I wanted to go play in that. And my brain was just like not functioning at the competitive level that it was. So I honestly, and I was apologizing to Trace and everything like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not giving you a good game, but like the second this game is over, I need to run to Lucas Oil Stadium, which is so far from where I'm at. And I was like not looking forward to anything. My brain was just in a bad space all of a sudden after that moment. And so uh, Trace did not get a good game out of me after that point. Uh, And he and I ended up losing because uh, I believe I got tabled. I believe I got tabled before because I just at a certain point just started getting really sloppy and just being like, yeah, you know, whatever, just take your shots. Cool. Okay. Bye. I got to go. Um, so trace, I'm super sorry that I basically rushed out of our last game and I had to run because, uh, I had to get to that event before it ended. And I was already like 45 minutes late by the time I was leaving. So, uh, it was, it was, it was not a good time all around for anybody. Uh, but, um, you know, I gave, I gave him some cool promos and some stuff and he's, I mean, he was happy he got the win and with that win, that propelled him exactly where he needed to be to be in the top four of rebels of rebel players. Not I, I don't I don't know about top eight of players that made the next cut. I didn't really pay attention that much to that, but I know that that got him to be the number four top four rebel player. And those people got uh, those alt art Leia cards because they made alt arts of uh, some of the characters of each faction. And then those people, the, so they said that the top four people of each of those factions uh, get got those cards. So I was gunning to be one of the top four to get that Leia card up until I realized, oh no, my next event is at Lucas Oil and I really wanted to go to that. So I immediately started throwing everything, not purposely, but like my brain was like, not in a good place and it was like okay yeah you, you just you were just focused on the next thing i was were, i was i gotta get here th- yeah yeah i was flustered and thinking about the next thing and it heavily hampered my game and threw me completely off so that's what happened there and that was pretty much the end of my uh, unceremonious end of my legion day so i apologize to trace if i didn't give you uh if i didn't give you a good game but you should have that Leia card to make up for it so uh props to you for being such a good winner uh, nice job on your Leia's Echo Force, by the way. It's a dang good list. And even when even when faced with uncertainty of, oh, you can do that? Oh, I now have to change my entire strategy. He was still pivoting and doing the next best thing really well. So I can tell that he uh, he's definitely earned his, his spot. 
Yeah, it's, it's really easy when you think a rule is one way for so long, right? Like your play group plays it the same way. Everyone you've talked to says the same thing. Yes, yep. this is how it works. This is how it works. And then you have one of those feel bad moments at a major, major event. It's really easy to just say, oh, well, I don't I didn't even know that this rule existed and just get really down and, you know, defeated and just give up and not you know, stay in the fight. And yeah, it sounds like he, he stuck with it enough to, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, like I've, I've known people that, yeah, like, like you said, when they have that moment, they, they basically just concede. They were like, Oh, well I, there's no recovery for me now. Like based yeah. on what you just said, there's nothing I can do now. And they just give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, he, he stuck with it and, uh, he turned it around and turned it into a win. So, uh, nice job to trace. Nice job to all my opponents. All my opponents were excellent players. I would love to play them again. Uh, anytime so that was good yeah that's always nice to have people that make the game fun no matter what's going on exactly all right so paul i don't think that there's anything else really legion wise to talk about why don't we uh why don't we open the floor before we get to you know the next thing like i was talking about was invaded where we're gonna have phil and trista be able to really paint the story of that because i was not even there for most of it uh before we get to that is there anything that happened with you during the day thursday like while legion was going on uh that you did um the i for the past few years as i've gone to gen con uh, thursday has always been the check out the vendor hall day um it was i will say it felt much more busy than it did on previous years on thursday Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like there was a lot going on. I don't know if that was like the Lorcana stuff going on or what, but there just seemed to be a lot of people who were really like trying to get in there and get stuff. Um, to, yeah. On, on Thursday. And so mm-hmm. I don't, it, it just felt different. It, it felt more busy. Um, I was able to check out a couple games, get some, get some demos. Like still, there was still plenty of time to walk around and get demos and, and see different booths and um i oh uh, yeah i that was thursday one of the big things i wanted to do is uh for the past few years at both adepticon and gen con i had gone to a uh the snapships booth and yeah i wanted to go back and and check that out because i heard that their kickstarter was uh, like on its way it hadn't been delivered yet but i knew it was getting really close because i had a couple friends who had backed it and so i wanted to go to their booth hoping that they would have some stuff there um because that's been the thing that's kept me from buying it as i've just been waiting to go to a convention and and get it from this from this guy because i have been talking to him every convention about the game and just you know being excited for it and um for for people who don't know, I'll go really quickly into it. It came out originally as a toy line, and it has these big, um, I would say like big, like kind of chunky plastic pieces that are very durable. So um, great for, you know, a kid's toy. It's kind of like a little Lego building block-esque um, thing, but they're all, you know, unique shapes and things like that for yeah. the ships. And uh, they've created a game with it too, which to me, I'm going to say it's kind of like X-Wing. It's it's a, you know, kind of starfighter dogfight um, kind of game that goes along with it. And it has, 
you know, the heads up version, they have a cooperative version. And so I was like, oh, this is really interesting because my kids will be able to just sit and build the ships. But then also there's a game behind it. So when they get to the point where maybe they're interested in playing a game with them, we can do that. Or I can just play a game or I can play the cooperative piece. Like I could honestly just play like a solo version of that um, as it goes. So um, I was excited. I picked up some snap ships and ended up working out because we'll get into it. But as we were at the event, my uh, wife and kids had shown up to Gen Con and they were able to open up some snap ships and, and lose some pieces. I mean, play with them. Um, <laughs> Right away Yay. that that evening. So. <laughs> I mean, that's the idea, right? You want to play with the toys as soon as you get them, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it was good. <laughs> they they got to play with them. I actually um, spent some time this evening going through and uh, seeing what pieces actually got lost in Lucas Oil Stadium. <laughs> oh no! Um, so I can reach out to the company and and get some replacement parts, which they said <laughs> they said they will of course send some. So that's um, nice. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I was doing on Thursday is just checking out some vendors and you know buying some things and buying some snap ships. And... You mentioned Thursday during the day that, that that you felt like it was busy. Let me go in and say that we had a record turnout for Gen Con this year, somewhere between seventy thousand and eighty thousand people. I don't have an exact yeah. number, but that was. You know, they said that this was a record year. So this was... Oh, this it was, felt like it. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it, it absolutely did. did. <laughs> <laughs> this was like probably one of, <laughs> if not the busiest Gen Con that I've ever felt like. And and it definitely, statistically, probably was. Um, the last time I remember it being so packed that I like almost didn't feel like I had space to exist was the 50th year, which was a huge year. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, I oh, go ahead. I feel like I got a little spoiled by like 2021 and 2022 oh, last yeah, yeah. year. That <laughs> was it was much more chill compared to this year. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, something will happen and everyone will just drop Gen Con and we'll go back to 2021 where we had almost nobody. <laughs> um, but I would like to mention because Paul, you said also people were getting in line for exclusives and stuff. I need to give a quick shout out to uh, my boy, Jared, who stuck in line, dedicated his morning basically to st going into AMG's line in the booth when it opened and getting me the da 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 Star Wars Legion 2023 convention exclusive strike me down diorama. So I am now the proud owner of one of those. Uh, I will be painting that up and getting pictures of it. When I feel like it, I feel like it'll be a little minute before I, I'm always too intimidated by the convention exclusive stuffs to, to get into them and paint them even when I do have them. But uh, my buddy Josh is uh, doing some cool effect on the window that I'm pretty sure when I get that, I'm like, oh man, I got to finish the rest of this thing so I can see it all put together. Um, but yeah, so that was exciting. Thank you, Jared, for sticking it out and uh, fighting the lines for me. Um, so let's go over to, uh, Trista and Phil, because I know you guys did some stuff during Thursday day before we got to invaded. Um, so why don't you talk briefly about that? And then we'll, uh, we'll all culminate together once again, uh, at Zinvaded and tell that story. 
Sure. Yeah. So this is my fourth Gen Con that I've gone to. And last year, though, was the first year that I discovered that I could do some stuff on my own. Um, because it's it's kind of a lot to just like sit there and watch you play Legion all day. Oh, sure. If I'm, if I'm not also playing. Right. Yeah. So last year, I kind of expanded out and went to some of those writer's symposiums, which I really enjoyed. And this year, since my dad was coming, I signed him up for some of those with me. And so that's kind of what we mostly did on Thursday. What were some of the topics in the in the writer symposium or or what are what is the writer symposium for for people that don't know because i didn't even know about it until you discovered it well it's um they do a lot of panels and then just like writing workshops uh there's a ton of different topics and it goes like all weekend long uh one of the ones that we did thursday morning was mastering fiction which it's it was just like a an hour-long fic fiction writing workshop with an author that I had taken a couple classes from last year when I was there and he was just kind of going over like connectivity with like past present future and fiction Mm -hmm. um and it's just you don't have to like be a writer to enjoy like the content I feel like um dad what did you think yeah I mean the same yeah I agree you don't have to be a writer and, and even sometimes, um, you know, I would say that writing horror type stuff is not, would not be my genre, but there's a lot of good information that's there for whatever genre you're, you know. Uh, you're yeah, after. we did, we did a horror writing panel. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> spooky well, and another one of the, another one of the symposiums was on um, marketing your book. And, yeah, how to market your own work. Yeah, and, and a lot of that would apply to not even just marketing your own written work, but whatever you come up with. I mean, it was really a marketing 101 time type of thing. Oh, it gave me some ideas for uh, Dice Time, for sure. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, our manager attended manager-like things, and now we get to be managed <laughs> better. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Well, you guys definitely need to be managed better. <laughs> That's oh, accurate. Wow. We've been floundering for a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything, uh, anything else during Thursday day that uh, was a highlight of any kind? Well, so this was my dad's first year ever going. He drove all the way from Kansas to come meet us in Indiana for this because. We talked about it so much the last couple of years. He just really wanted to be a part of it this time. And so while you were playing Legion on Thursday, uh, we were just kind of exploring after that. We spent some time hanging out in the Marriott because it's that's that's my favorite downtime place to be. Um, and then we went into the vendor hall as well for a little bit, and it kind of sucked. <laughs> walking through there i love the buying of things but i hate the crowds we should just have they should just make a digital vendor hall right that you can just walk through and shop with online there you go write that down whoever's in charge of that write that down (laughs) yeah so uh dad what did you think of your first like vendor hall experience it was actually about what i expected the crowds and everything i wasn't overwhelmed by them um, it was pretty much what I expected. 
so the busyness and and everything um i don't think there was any real surprise it's not what i expected well uh, was there, oh go ahead oh i was gonna say was there anything on your first day that surprised you um well something that surprised me every day were the number of people stuck in the will call line Oh yeah, <laughs> that 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 was amazing to me. I mean, people around noon and stuff were still stuck in a wheel call line. Oh yeah, that was imagine. insane this year. I can't even imagine. I even thought he, on Sunday, I thought he was gonna say, "Oh yeah, Sunday had like such a weirdly long wheel call line." You're right. Yeah, it was like yeah, it out did. the door, and I was like, "What on Sunday?" <laughs> yeah, we didn't get there till. It was going on 11 by the time we got there on Sunday, and the will call line was still wrapped way down the hall. And the day's yeah. half over at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there's almost not, it's almost not worth getting in. Four on Sunday, so it was basically done. I mean, half of those people. But yeah, so Phil, your, your experience, I remember, or I recall you basically were kind of going into this with... Uh, as some people do with they when they go to their first Gen Con, they're kind of just like along for the ride. You know, I'm I'm go with the flow. Sign me up for whatever I should sign up for. You know, throw me in where I should be thrown in. Show me what I need to do to get this proper experience. But you were very uh, open and just ready for ready ready to receive whatever you were going to receive on this trip. Oh yeah, I I remember telling you and Trista that sign me up for whatever you think I like. Because it's all new to me, so I'm I'm ready for anything. And yeah, I got signed up. And after this Gen Con was done, Tristan told me, "Well, basically, she said in a nice way. She said, well, next year you can do whatever you want.' <laughs> kind, of, kind of threw me to the wolves, you know, saying, okay, no. you, you well, get to make your own arrangements and figure out what you're doing next year.' Well, that's not exact. <laughs> that's not exactly what I said." <laughs> What I said was, like, you know, after I had gone for a year or two, I kind of knew how things worked. And so then I felt a little more comfortable, like, booking some of my own events that didn't include Ben while he was doing something else. And so I was just saying, like, if there was anything you wanted to do next year, um, like, you like do whatever line, you want. Like yeah. stand in line for Lorcana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no... Not ever going to happen. <laughs> I don't think there's anything I would ever want to stand in line for that long. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. I agree. Especially something that's going to be released a couple weeks later. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, well, with that, I guess that's a that that that's be a good point for us to transition to our first event that we all shared together, sort of, uh, which was a good old classic on this podcast. Zinvaded. Zinvaded. <laughs> that your... was a fun game. Yeah. If this is your first hearing of it, Zinvaded is a one-to-one scales minigame that we discovered several years ago at Gen Con, which is a skirmishing uh, miniatures game of of small, like, six-inch uh, insect soldiers that invaded our world and uh, are here to... Uh, that were here to invade and conquer, and then found out that humans were huge and and they were space marine size. And then now they now the fleet that came here is split on what they should do, and now they have civil wars on our uh, on our you know on our tabletop on our 
the kitchen counter, you know, anywhere because they are so small that they fight in our real world. So that, you know, your real world is the terrain. You can take all of your junk that's already on the table and your game is ready to go. You have your terrain. It's all the stuff that's already cluttered on your table. So no real setup necessary for that game. Uh, it's pretty great, pretty fun. And, uh, the, the entire team, everyone that I've spoken to, everyone that we've interacted with is just a joy of a human being to talk to and interact with because they are just so nice and they keep the game moving in such a positive direction and they keep the community really nice and, you know, solid, fun, nothing. There, there, there's no, there's no bad time had with Zinvaded. I've never no. heard of anyone walking away from a game of Zinvaded having a bad time. Well, yeah, the whole no. invaded team is just so like nice and friendly. I took my dad there earlier in the day in the vendor hall to meet like John and Eric and everybody, so he got a chance to look at their booth and stuff beforehand. And yeah, they they were very welcoming to him. Didn't he already buy in that day too? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, I bought, <laughs> when we were there, I, I bought myself the. I don't remember which one it was right now, but I bought myself one of the starter sets. Yep. And, and even bought a Zinvaded t-shirt. Yeah, because this year they had t-shirts. And yeah, the t-shirts and were a nice touch. I, yeah. I got one of the um, uh, a cloth bag that they, uh, that they also had from a previous convention as an exclusive thing. And, th- and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like I got home and had like the biggest dawning moment where I went, oh my god, I can store all of the things for the game in this bag. Yeah. Like previously, they were just all sitting on a shelf, and then I was like, "Oh my god, I can put everything in this bag." So th- then, so now I just have all of my Zinvaded stuff in that one bag, and it's so nice. And it all fits for now. And it all fits for now, <laughs> until we until we expand. Yeah. Well, I was really excited to play the Zinvaded game again because I'd played it a year ago when I came to visit you and Trista there in Dayton, and. Yep. Uh, we had played a couple games as Invaded there, and I fell in love with the game. And so I was really excited to play it on Thursday night there. And Paul, this was your first Zinvaded event too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was my first event because the first time we had played it was back at Adepticon earlier this year. Yeah. And so after we had played it, we kind of, you know, walked around the vendor hall, threw all of our stuff down on the table, and then just started playing with you know, our, our water bottles yeah, and with our, our phones. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> and that was our terrain and it was great. Um, and I loved just the experience the four of us had as we just like sat there and played. So that was one of the things that made me want to make sure that I signed up for this invaded events. Cause you had said last year's Gen Con events for this invaded, um, tournaments events whatever they were were just a lot of fun and so i wanted to make sure i was i was getting a piece of that action this year so so someone else will have to tell the full story as to what exactly the premise was how how it worked what was going on because as we alluded to in an earlier segment uh, i missed pretty much this whole event (laughs) i did not get to play i showed up what an hour late or something 45 minutes an hour late something crazy but yeah i knew you interrupted our entire game because you <laughs> well, like yeah collapsed you came on the floor and dropped dead everyone's like oh my god it's been okay <laughs> i just ran a lot okay 
I was fine. Well, I, I saw you come in, and then I, like, looked away, and then I looked over, and you're gone. Because you're just on the floor. I just needed a break that I didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> so I took just, it as soon as know, I could oh, take it. Overly dramatic, just like Dice Time always is. <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, hey, I recovered, and then I got up, and we were all good, so... Um, but yeah, my, uh, that was the worst my body had felt in a really long time. And definitely the, the worst it felt over the weekend, uh, was after <laughs> that run. Cause that was dreadful. Uh, but, uh, somebody want to go through and go ahead and like paint the scene of what kind of game was being played. So I'll let Paul do that if he remembers, because to be honest, I was just, uh, kind of nervous trying to remember how to play the game. So <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay so what day the first day because i played in both events i'm remembering okay so the first day you did not need to bring any of your own stuff no they provided everything for you the first day so we we sat down i think there were four tables or four four um uh, yeah four like four games, games going on going on at the same time and there was up to five people at every um game and so the three of us minus Ben were all at one table. Mm-hmm. And then I brought one of my friends, EJ, to play with us. And I uh, apologize to our other player who was at our table because I absolutely have forgotten what that your name is. That was our friend, Jared. Jared, thank you. Um, yeah. I knew it was someone we knew, and <laughs> I couldn't remember <laughs> who he was. was the one um, who got me my convention exclusive, Paul. How dare you oh, forget him? Yes. Oh, sorry, Jared. Yes. Sorry, Jared. <laughs> uh, no, especially because Jared was a lot of fun to play with, and we had a good oh, time. Oh, yeah. Um, so it, it was nice because the five of us at least, you know, kind of knew each other. We were at least mutually you know, right. had friends or, or things like that. So the game, we were each given a single model, which was the, I mean, I call it the shotgunner. Ben, that's help correct. me out. It's the shotgunner. Oh, it's the shotgunner. <laughs> Sweet. That's, that's, his what proper, it's that's his proper name. That's okay. just his name. Okay. That's just his Shot, name. The, the <laughs> shotgunner. And the the object of our game was to, there were grubs that spawned in the middle of the table and we were all trying to run and grab the grubs from whichever direction they kind of scurried out from the center of the table. And we had to pick them up and take them to these locations and kind of like drop them off. And every time we did that, we would get a point. And so we were all fighting. There were only two grubs at a time that were out there, and there were five of us on the table fighting for them. So it became pretty chaotic pretty quick with people <laughs> shooting random people and running around grabbing bugs. And um, it, it was a good time, I guess, to spoil the ending for you. The the grubs, for some reason, kept spawning and running straight towards my uh, friend that I brought, EJ. And so then he just grabbed them and dumped them off <laughs> where they needed to go while the rest of us are running around trying to get grubs and getting shot at and shooting each other. <laughs> dying, um, coming back to dying, life. Dying, <laughs> coming back to life, running back to the middle. <laughs> getting nailed to the floor. I say yes. if you were Jared, you spent all your time nailed to the floor. <laughs> that, that is true. That is the one thing the shot the shotgunner has um, an ability called nails, and so when you hit somebody with it, 
they have to spend one of their actions to be able to move from the spot because you're essentially pinning them to the p- the place where they're at on the map. So um, poor Jared got <laughs> nailed by, I think, just about everybody at the table. No, mostly by <laughs> Phil. It was mostly. It was mostly Phil. <laughs> it, it was, and I do have a slight tinge of guilt about that, but no, you don't. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll go away. It'll pass. <laughs> so yeah, that that was a. It was it was a fun event. Um, it was. I mean, it just goes to show that kind of like community and how much they want to support their game too. You know, looking at I I believe if I'm remembering correctly, it was like a six dollar event ticket. And everyone was given a model to play with, and we all got to take that model home with us. So, um, and the winner got to take it, the grubs home. That's true. The winner, home. yeah, the winner got to take one of the grubs home. So, you know, giving out models to their game to for people who are playing is just another nice touch to that kind of um, you know event and you know, to build their community. I know it was great for me because I didn't have any models until that day. I went and I bought a start, a two player starter kit that day when I was shopping around knowing that Friday's event, you needed to have your own models. Um, and so I instantly was able to add a couple more models to my collection. Cause my buddy EJ does not own the game at this point. And so he just passed his model along to me. So it just bolstered, everything I had, which was, was great. Huzzah. Well, that's it's cool. an easy game to play. It's an easy game to pick up, easy game to learn. It's not real. Oh, involved. yeah. And it's a quick, a fast-paced game also. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not one of those, you know, some games you get there and, and you're involved for hours playing. Um, yeah. It's it, not one of those. This, it's, it's a very fast-paced game. Yeah, what did we finish in about a couple hours? Yeah, I th- I think we went a little bit longer. So well, there I think was five of you. So yeah, that stretches that so out. I, <laughs> normally I it's a two player game. Yeah, originally it was going to go until like seven thirty, and then they extended to eight, and because we weren't done, and we just kept going. Well, it was more one of those kind of things. I think the players just wanted to keep playing. Yeah, because yeah. we were having fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a good sign. So, uh. The other the other cool thing that happened with Zinvaded this year was at this conve- at Gen Con they debuted two new figures that were part of uh, the most recent Kickstarter. So one of which, if you hadn't known before, was designed by yours truly. I was one of the people on the Kickstarter that got to design my own Zinvaded figure and get it made into the game. So I basically got free reign over what kind of character we wanted to create what did we want to bring to life and so i really wanted i really love my favorite part of zinvaded is the mercs okay because they're the they're they're the ones that break off from the zin and they do their own thing so they're like the zin are are like these face not faceless physically but faceless personalityless drone like personalities who are born and bred for war and whatever their purpose is. And that's all they do. And that's all they know. They're just like the ideal warrior soldier. Like they're, they're not anything else. However, there are a few Zin Zin who like break off from the pack and kind of, uh, 
hyper fixate on some aspect of human pop culture and then they completely identify with that and i mean we've all been there we've all done that with something when these character when these when these characters do it they literally self-identify with it and it becomes their whole life so we have for example a zin who breaks off and gets to be a fan of captain america and so he does all of his gear in red white and blue he he creates a he takes a penny and like makes a bumper shield around it and makes it his new weapon and then he calls himself Cap America and he lends himself to be the leader model of any unit and he kind of like you know throws his shield around like Cap does so there's a model in the game that's just Cap America and he's basically the Captain America of Zinn and it's so cool I lo- I love the I love the little parody figures they're just my favorite part of the game uh, that you just have these little like reference pieces that are like that's all they are. So I wanted to put that into the game, and I incorporated it through one of my favorite characters uh, in Star Wars because I wanted Star Wars to get invaded. When I saw that Mercs were a thing, I was like, we need Star Wars in here. So Zoba Fez, which is definitely not Boba Fett, uh, <laughs> definitely not, definitely not, is now a fully finished model and available for purchase for the game. And he is so dang cool. He is everything that I dreamed of when I when I first cooked him up. I made a little sketch of him. I sent him to John and everything. And John was ecstatic. He was like, I cannot wait to make this. So he brought that to life. And Gen Con was the debut of Zobafez. So that was the first convention you were able to get him at. And he was a huge hit. He sold out day one before I even like before I even knew it. <laughs> he was he was already gone. So he was a uh, he was a big hit. Um, I was able to get some, obviously, because that was part of the Kickstarter. So I have a couple copies um, that I'm probably going to uh, distribute out as I see fit. But uh, yeah, that was super. So that was really cool to see. He was in the case that they had and everything, and I was just so excited. Um, it was really cool to bring that into the game. I also won one of the design a grub contests, so there were new grubs that got added to the game that I designed one of as well, and I got some of those as well as uh, part of winning that. Um, so that's basically all I spent Thursday was talking with John about that kind of stuff and just meeting in person. And then I watched this game that y'all played, and it was just chaos and madness, and it was everything <laughs> I love about Zinvaded. So that was an awesome game to watch. Even more awesome because all of you were playing it. Yeah, after a while, we just all abandoned going after the grubs and just started taking on each other. You start killing each other. Yeah, that's what we did last yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> EJ was the only one that gathered grubs. Last year. Well, I, oh, go ahead. I was so behind on grubs that I knew I wasn't going to win, so I just started shooting. So I just started blasting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my approach to uh, most games like that. Well, and that's what I did with. Um, Last year, the uh, the the game was undead themed, so we were all shotgunners trying to g- obtain food, and we were working together? Question mark. Like we were all independently trying to get food, but we were also all fighting against the undead, the Zed bugs, and the Zed bugs will attack you no matter who you are. Kind of like your grubs did; they just attacked whoever was closest. The Zed bugs would basically do that. So we were all fighting against the Zed bugs, but then we were also fighting each other. So most of our am- most of our ammo was getting used for fighting Zed bugs, but then as soon as those were out, we were kind of like taking pot shots at each other. Um, the problem was 
uh, I got zinfected. So I died and then came back to life as an undead. And I got to control the Zed bugs. So all the, all the, they wouldn't attack me anymore. And I basically became their leader. So I got to like send them out after models and go chase down all the people who were my detriment. So that was, that was a very fun event. And I'm glad that this year was different, but it was also equally as fun. All right. Anything else Thursday that we're missing before we move on? No. Great. I don't think so. Cool. Well, then let's rotate into Friday. Paul, what kind of stuff did you get to do on Friday? Oh, Friday. Um, started off doing a little bit of shopping. I um, On Thursday when I was in the vendor hall, I did not realize that it was out at this point or available, but I saw Star Wars Rivals, which is oh. a new little funko verse game and so i saw the booth on thursday they said oh yeah we have con exclusives and we have boosters that you can get right now but we're all sold out for the day you have to come back tomorrow morning to get some i said okay so i hadn't even had a starter set or anything like that for star wars rival so i got in the line early to try to pick some up and hopefully get the con exclusive which was a um wicket and scout trooper model um, and from what I've understood now, they, when they say con exclusive, they mean the, the pose that the figures are in. Yes. Those figures will actually be released in the next set that's that is what coming I, that's out. That's what I heard as well, which took all the salt out of me not being able to get them. <laughs> yes. It I makes was like, me feel oh, much you know what? better. I actually don't care about the pose if that's all it is. <laughs> Yeah, it makes me feel better because I, as this uh, weekend goes on, I will tell you my story of the uh, saltiness that I was getting um, oh, no salt. with tra- with trying to get one of those no uh, figures. So, um, yeah, I got in line. Uh, I was right there at the doors when they opened up got in line and i was about i don't know 10 people away from getting them they sold out pretty quick so i just picked up my starter set and a couple little boosters and um and then i just kind of looked around the vendor hall a little bit more before i had a couple events throughout the day i went to a i always play in Star Realms and Hero Realms while I'm there, which is a a little deck building card game. Um, I play in that mostly because the friend that I go with, travel with down from my area um, is really big into Star Realms and Hero Realms, and so we always play in those events together. So I had that event in the early afternoon, and that usually goes about four or five hours, and if you are really good you make the cut and then you get into top eight and you go from there a little bit um spoiler alert i did not make the cut and um which i was okay with because i had an event at six o'clock that i needed to get to which was the next and invaded event oh so which how was the, we'll talk yeah. about a little bit more later but oh okay i was gonna say I'm, I'm curious to hear how it was different from the uh from the night prior well I think uh, we'll we'll get there because we all met up again. Okay. Right. No. Well, I mean, kind of. Really. We saw each other. Not really. I went Friday. to the event. Yeah, that's true. I went to the event. You can just 
Um, just yeah, ahead. I guess I could just talk about it now. <laughs> just just um, tell us. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so Friday's event for Invaded was uh, two. There were only two games this time. There were four players at each table, and this one was a King of the Hill um, scenario. So we we had show. two two tables. So who was Hank Hill? <laughs> um. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> someone, someone at the other table. Uh, <laughs> we so we sat down the four of us. I brought a different friend with me this time because EJ um, was wasn't feeling like he wanted to play in another event that evening. He wanted to stay um, undefeated. Yeah, probably. That's probably scared. what yeah. it was. Scared. He was scared. Um, so I had another uh, friend of mine who I ran into while at Gen Con, who is a local. Uh, friend here who we play like weekly games with um i just reached out to him i was like hey interested in playing this game and he was like okay so it worked out because the other person i was going to have was my buddy who's really into star realms and hero realms and he made that top cut to that top eight so um yeah congrats to him uh actually he ended up winning the whole thing which i guess big congrats Yeah, uh, the cool thing about those tournaments, and one of the reasons we play in them, is they're called legend tournaments. And um, you, if you win one of those, the game creators create a card of you and what? put it into the game in oh, one of so their cool. future sets. Yeah, so everybody who wins those like legend series tournaments gets cards made after them. So he's going to have his own card. Game. Yes, he oh, has. So cool. Well, he actually already has one for Star Realms and Hero Realms. So this is the second Star Realms one that he won. Oh, so, man. so they're going to make a decide. Sequel, like, his sequel card. He um recently his cat passed away, and so oh. he's been toying with the idea of getting his cat made into That's a such card a great idea. <laughs> and That's and putting idea. it into the game. So. Um, I don't know if that's what he's going to do or not, but I know he's talked about it a few times with that. So Um, anyway, I guess the long story short is he was not available to come play Zenfade with me. So um, I got another friend to come. We, um, my other friend had never played Zenfade. I had just told him about it in passing, like had really a good time with it. You know, we should try it out sometime. He was like, sure. Uh, so he joined, and we actually sat at a table with uh, a, a more, I, I'm going to say a more experienced player, but then also another player who was like a friend of his, and he was brand new, like it only played one game ever. Uh, so there was a lot of new players at the table, so we were just like, yeah, let's just all be at the same table and we'll just have a good time uh, playing. And so uh, King of the Hill, each table had uh, like a picnic theme on it so it was just like bottles and sandwiches and hot dogs and things like that that were on the table and there was a sandwich in the middle that was the the hill that we were trying to take and essentially if you were standing on the hill by yourself with no other players on it at the end of a round you would get a point and the first one to get three points one and so it became very bloody, very quick as we all just started shooting each other. Um, it was funny though. We uh, they they said that we could do it if we wanted to. Um, there was some discussion at our table because we were playing on two different. I'm going to say tables, but it was one big table. We were playing in kind of like two different halves of the table, uh-huh. but it was all so the two games were going on literally right next to each other. 
Um, so our table discussed, um, what if we just invaded the other game, <laughs> shot all of them, and then we would have two sandwiches to fight over just the four of us instead of <laughs> one sandwich. And so we called the judges over to see if we could <laughs> go into their game and start shooting them, which... Um, <laughs> Then they they gave us a story um, that one of their most favorite parts of the game is they were playing at a store and there was a 40k game going on right next to them and they actually you know like moved their models over into this 40k game and were using like the tanks from 40k as cover and then <laughs> the 40k players would like move the tank and then the bugs no longer had cover so it was <laughs> it was just a they said it was like really fun when that happened and everyone just had a great time like seeing these two games go on simultaneously <laughs> that they said if we really wanted to we could go over and start shooting them which then the other table kind of heard what our conversation was and then said oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so they they were like looking at us like is this really gonna happen oh that's and so getting, funny getting ready to turn against us and i was like well we've kind of lost the element of surprise now so <laughs> maybe we should just stick to our own sandwich so it that was a good time and just again just kind of gives you an indication of the type of game they're trying to have they want it to be fun they want it to be you know whimsical and just a good time for everybody they don't want people you know walking away upset or anything like that um I guess one thing to note, um, I had two points and was very close to winning. And then um, uh, the other gentleman that it was the most experienced one at the table uh, was able to pull out the win. He was using the Terra and there is like a, a character that puts out fire all the time, like a wall of fire. Oh, the fire. And yeah, the firefly. And I actually have he heard. was he was using the fire as like a free attack every turn because when you put it down it like sets everybody on fire who's right next to um, that fire like within two inches and so he was using it kind of as a weapon which I don't think was the intention when it was designed and so it was really interesting to me because uh, he ended up winning because of that fire and one of the one of the judges came over to me afterwards and just apologized and was like, I am so sorry. Um, we've never seen anything like that happen. And so we just, we want to let you know that we're going to fix that because we feel like that was a bad experience. And I was like, well, we all had a good time. I yeah. was like, I get, I get what you mean. Like it was powerful to have like a free attack, you know, for if, if there's some, people from legion who are listening right like if you get an extra activation um on your turn or like your unit gets another action that's really powerful yeah. um for someone to have three actions kind of you know like maul maul's very powerful yeah having three and like, actions and usually if they do that that's usually their one trick pony right like dark troopers kind of have that they have that extra activation that's their one trick pony yeah like and just, so that, that's all they have and they already unfortunately this character does have a little bit more than just that that's true <laughs> um he's he's a good character on his own and then this is just like an extra piece of that so um they are always looking at if there's any balance issues and looking at it and they wanted they asked my opinion while i was there 
Um, like, what are some of your thoughts on that? And, you know, do you have any ideas of how we might be able to change that so it doesn't feel so, um, like, weaponized? Because uh, that wasn't the intent of it. And so, you know, we just discussed, you know, making the timing different because it was when the fire pops up, it deals damage. You know, I, I brought out maybe you look at something along the lines of uh, if you end your turn within the two inches of the fire, it, you know, it'll light you on fire. So that way it gives you the opportunity to move away if you want. But if you didn't or wanted to choose to stay there to, you know, fight somebody that's also standing close to the fire or something like that, you could also do that. So they, yeah, you know, they took that feedback and they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to discuss what we want to do with that. And, um, I, I always appreciate that with games that they're always looking out for the like player experience and making sure things are balanced and at least as much as they can. Right. We know like in every game, sure. it's hard to perfectly balance every single thing. Um, but they definitely seem like they are trying to do the best that they can um, to make things as close as they can and fun for everybody. Well, that's good. And I'm yeah, glad so... that, and the team is really good with, uh, you know, keeping the game whimsical, light, fun, and taking out, as soon as they find anything that could be advantageously broken they're like all right we gotta we gotta fix this now quick <laughs> yeah yeah let's let's look at this and yeah i don't i don't know that it felt that bad that i was like oh this is so broken it needs to be fixed right away it was just um yeah it, it felt like essentially that character was getting an extra action every turn it's like yeah that's that's powerful anything else on uh on friday for you paul um, I I guess I will just say really quick about those invaded events too. Uh, oh, yeah. One of the things that they did for all the players is they gave them ten uh, percent uh, oh, yeah. coupons oh, yeah. for the store, which was really awesome. So people who played in those events were able to um, go to their store and pick up some stuff for a little bit of a discounted price, which is awesome. Yeah, we visited their booth multiple times throughout yes, the weekend. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> And Phil is the uh, after after him and Trista had the uh, marketing uh, ha had the marketing workshop on Thursday was the undisputed master of marketing. So Phil, what do you think? Ten percent off after you play an event on their store seemed like a good marketing strategy. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially if if especially if it's a game that you liked. I mean that's. If you weren't sure before, that that's definitely a good strategy, because that definitely will suck people back into your store to maybe buy something or buy something else. I know it worked for me. It, it yeah. did for me too. I bought my starter <laughs> set, and then I went back and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm going to get some supplemental models now." Yeah. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to just get a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I, it is nice with that game too. Like, you don't need a whole lot of models. And so you can get your just like starter uh, army there, you know, that comes with three models. And then you're like, oh, I'm just going to add one of these uh, mercenaries. And, it, you know, I just have to buy that one single model. It's not like, oh, I have to buy a whole nother box of mercenaries to throw in here. Nope. Like, no, I get to pick whatever mercenary I want or whatever. I picked up like a recon um, unit too. Like, so just. I like the look of this unit or I like the look of, you know, the, the weapons 
stats on this one. That, yeah. I guess that's the other thing, too, is they have their packages in a way that you can look at um, the character stats yep. yeah, and their abilities and stuff on there, too, they're which also, is really good. They're also available on their website. They just have a downloads page that you can see all of the stat sheets for all of the characters, so you can look at those before you buy. Which is really nice, because I was like, okay, there are quite a few of these uh, these mercenaries that I'm like, oh, I'm really interested in, you know, in the like Captain America style one. I obviously like the Star Wars, you know, one. Um, I love the Predator, the one that looks like a Predator. Mm. I love the one that looks like uh, Samus. And so there's a lot of different ones that I liked. And so I was like, I don't know. I, I don't want to buy. I can't buy all of them right now. I, I'm kind of on like a little bit of a budget here at the con. And I've already spent a lot on Snapships. So um, I have to like narrow it down and just pick a couple of these. And it was really nice to be able to just go there and look at the stats, um, you know, at the booth and be able to pick out which ones I wanted to pick. Well, that was a. Uh... That w- I think we've wrapped and invaded. I think we've, yes. uh, I think we've thoroughly given them lots of time, and we will get probably be giving them more time when uh, when we get to maybe doing our own invaded series. Yeah. Now that we've opened this up, so uh, be on the lookout for that. However, I think we're going to go ahead and move on to uh, our Friday because uh, this day is basically going to be. Ben, Paul, or uh, Ben, Phil, and Trista uh, all together for most of the con. Thursday was an exception, but uh, mm-hmm. we're the three of us are mainly together for most of the convention afterward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got to go play two Funko games on Friday. Uh, Trista, would you like to tell us what the first one that we played was? Because I know it was something very high on your list of interest. Oh, yeah, that was the new game. We did a demo for that. We got to play the cool new horror game coming out of Funko. They've they've done a couple different like horror things. Like they have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game that they're doing. Yeah, too. like I, they're going into I the classic horror. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we got to try the Scream uh, demo for that game, and we all sat down and played that. That game is terrifying like oh it's so good though it is so good uh is in in the way that it makes you feel like you're like you're you feel like you're being chased by a killer <laughs> like you're you're going so fa- like it's a very fast-paced high energy f- game that is happening in real time that's the thing yeah. is like you don't have time to sit around timed. And yeah it's timed 15 minutes. Do you want to do you want to give a little lowdown as to how the game like kind of worked? Uh, I'll let you do it. <laughs> okay. Well, there was so it was 15 minutes timed that was like in real time. Everyone put their names in on a companion app on the phone. And then the whole ga- the whole goal of the game was to complete these sets. So there were 21 sets of car, like scenes is what they were called. And they were basically like a million item cards that you had and that you were drawing through. And you had to complete the scene that was in front of you. And then when you completed that, you could trade it in and then get a new one and start working on that. There are 21 scenes that you needed to go through. And we had eight players 
And so, and you can only do one thing at a time and only one person can be doing one thing at one time. And there's this knife that gets passed around. It was a, it was a plastic knife with no point before you have questions. Um, no safety violations here. Um, allegedly. allegedly. So you pass this knife around and, uh, it's great because you hold it by the handle. So when you pass it to the next person, you're kind of slamming it on the table, like you're stabbing the table. Yeah. (laughs) So it was pretty great. Uh, but that was like the active player marker. So you had to do whatever you were going to do and then pass that thing. And you had to get through so many sets of cards before you could, uh, before you could like complete your set. So you had to really burn rubber. Like you had to go when there was no time to really sit around and talk. However, there was time for one person to talk and that was Ghostface. and Ghostface calls you during the game and is actually voiced by, um, what's the guy's name? Roger. Uh, Roger, L. Jack- Roger L. Jackson. Yes, Roger L. Jackson actually voiced uh, Ghostface. Like he, he's the iconic voice, and he did voice acting work for the game in order to make everything uh, completely accurate. And it sounds so good. I'm so glad they yeah. were able to secure that because it was so. It's so good. And he calls on the phone randomly during the game, and everyone has to stop what they're doing answer the phone and he basically makes demands he either makes demands of people that are at a specific location which rotates depending on what scene you're doing and then or he calls out a specific player and he makes demands of you like you have to trade in this many items or if you have this this kind of card uh then you have to discard your hand or if you he makes a demand of like one in particular player and is like, by the next time I call, you have to give me three of this card. Or if you don't, you're dead. And if he, and like, if you don't get it in time, then you, and that player dies, that's it. Like everyone loses. So, uh, you have to really work together and get all that stuff done and make sure that everyone's taken care of or else Ghostface will just get you. Uh, and our first game that we played we went to time and we lost because, uh, well, we were still yeah. learning the game and it was pretty chaotic. We died. We died. That was the end of our first game. But uh, some people left and we had time that we could play a second game. So mm-hmm. we played it. So we took a second stab at it haha, uh, <laughs> with six players. And this time around, we were able to do it just barely. Yeah. Right down to the wire. We came down to the... Well, it it really came down to... Not even the time wire. It came down to Ghostface. We had one player left who had one scene, and all the rest of us were just trying to feed him the cards he needed uh, yeah. on our turns. And then he picked one of the other players who had, like, no cards in his hand because he just completed a scene and there was nothing in his hand. And we weren't going to give him any more cards because all we had to do was finish this other guy's scene and then we were done. And Ghostface calls and he's like you need to give me four DVDs or like something like that. And we're just like, no, we don't have, (laughs) we don't need to do that. If we're really fast, we can just get his last scene done and then we can just be done. But if we didn't do that in time and Ghostface called again, that was game over. Like we were putting all our eggs in that one basket. But it paid off. It did pay off. We won. We got to win the second game. Yay. We escaped Ghostface. Um. So yeah, uh, opinions of what what it, so what did you think, uh, Phil, of that game as you got to play that? 
It was fun. I mean, I'm not really one that's big into a lot of the horror type games and stuff. Just, for, but that was a fun game. I mean, other, it really wasn't a horror thing, other than just part of the screen set of stuff. Sure. So I mean, it, it was a game that pretty much anybody could play, um, and and it was a lot of fun. I think I could probably get some people I know here to play it sometime. And it sold out. Like it very did. Quick. So. It was pretty sought after. Like people were asking about it all weekend, and I think they sold out like the first or second day and did not have any more. We were lucky enough to get a copy of it early on because that was something we knew we wanted to get right away, and right. we got a copy. And every time someone saw our copy, they were like, "What? You were able hey, to get one?" And we were like, "Yeah, we game. were." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that when you say it was sought after like it really was <laughs> because like we brought it to our next event that night and people were like what you were able to get it and we were like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm glad we did because if we like demoed it and then we weren't able to get a copy that that would have been sad <laughs> it would have been very sad what did you th- so so trista is the biggest scream fan in the room uh what did you think did the game meet your your expectations did you enjoy playing it yeah i thought it was great um the they really did a good job making it fast-paced and like making it so you don't have a lot of time to like really sit and think about what you're doing like you have to just choose a course of action and commit to it and like go 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 yeah you've got it and it's truly a cooperative game too i mean yes you have to worry about other players sometimes at the sake of sacrificing what you need to complete your own scene and hopefully yeah. somebody else will help you out later. Yep. You got to trust everybody else. And, and, and yeah, like you said, Trista, you got to commit to like actions really fast because you don't have time to hesitate. And there were a couple times in the games. I know where people hesitated and went, Oh God, is this what I want to do? Uh, wait, what are we doing? Uh, and you just got to go. Like if you have any hope of going and if of completing the, the scenes, you got to go. Yeah, because if you take too long to figure out what you want to do, that could like really affect somebody else and what happens to them. <laughs> Everybody else. Yeah, you don't want to get someone else killed. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a uh, yeah. So that I really enjoy how they made that feel very uh, true to uh, a horror movie experience, feeling like you were up against the clock, up against the killer, and just just clawing for your life. Well, and I love how they included, like, the app on the phone, too. Oh, that's such yeah. a good addition. Yeah, like, the phone calls, that's that's a really cool addition, because it, it really makes it feel like a Scream movie. Exactly. I was going to say the exact same thing. That's what makes it feel like Scream, was getting the calls from Ghostface and being like, oh, no, it's it's him. <laughs> He's calling yeah. me. I lo- <laughs> and I love when it when he would call a specific player, and it'd be because yeah. it's like, oh, God, he's calling me. <laughs> And yeah, so like, what I had this expectation that like everyone needed to get a companion app for it, so that everyone had their phone out. So and like Ghostface would actually call you in particular, and then it was gonna be like, oh no, he's calling me, hello, <laughs> and be like, yeah, no, I, out. I think that that would have been really cool, like if it called everyone individually on their phones. Yeah, but I mean, it makes more sense the way they did it. Yeah, it does. I agree, but. But I yeah, I do think that was a cool idea. Yeah, it was very very well thought out, very cool. So I'm yeah, I'm I, very I, glad we got it. 
yeah, I can't wait to uh, play it with like our group of friends and people that we know. I can't wait to get our friends killed by Ghostface. Exactly. Or maybe not killed. Maybe maimed. Yeah, just a Stabbed little. a few times. Not <laughs> fatally. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> the um the other game we got to play that day was the traditional Gen Con anniversary uh mandatory event, Funkoverse. So we got to do Yay, we got to come <laughs> back and play Funkoverse. Uh third year. Third year for us. Uh first year for Phil. Mm-hmm. And first year for Jared, who was Phil's partner. Um yeah. because they went back to doing the two the two player teams. So we uh so we did that. And we had a couple uh a couple changes to the format this year. So I've I think I've given up trying to expect something out of like Funkoverse every year. <laughs> it's been different every single time. It's always different. Yeah, every time I'm like, okay, this is what they did last year, so I can expect this. They just totally change it up. They just do the switch on you. Which is cool. They they keep you guessing for sure. So we were going into this expecting, you know, to have to pull a draft, you know, to think about, you know, who people were going to grab because that's something that was constant over the past couple of years. They just changed how they did it. So the first mm-hmm. year there was a you got a number as you walked in and then they called up those numbers in that order and and it wasn't like first person who entered got one, second person who entered got two, third person. It wasn't that. It was just you got a number and then like it was random. And then depending and then they did chronological numbers, but it wasn't necessarily chronologically the first people who showed up because we were like the last people and uh Tristy, you got like three, right? Yes. Or like <laughs> yeah, you got like number three. So we had like a we had a free range pick of like anything we wanted, which was pretty great. Um, and then second year they were like, and that was also three players because we had Paul that year. Uh, and then yeah. second year they dialed it back and they made it two players, and then they did a snake draft. So all teams went through the draft once, and then they went back the other way to get their second character. And that was different, and that was. I liked it. I liked it better than the than the kind of random aspect that there was year one. But then they did something different this year. So, Trista, we were the first two people in. When we walked in, what did we see? Uh, there were just little boxes on every table, which they told us not to open yet. And when we got in, there was no draft table. There was no draft There were just boxes, mystery boxes, with three characters in them. And depending on the table you sat at was going to depend on which mystery box you had, which then inevitably turned into which team you got when you opened your box. Yeah. So who was in our box? We had three characters in our box. So it was the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. We had Wonder Woman. And then we also had... Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Which I thought was a solid three. A, a solid two, and then we threw the, the queen away. Because <laughs> we were like, yeah. you know, Wonder Woman and Daenerys feels real good, and uh, Queen of Hearts well, is one, there. One had to go. Yeah, well, one had to go. There's only two players, so they were like, alright, here's three Here's three options, pick two. And we were like, okay, uh, choice is made. 
<laughs> yeah. So we were we we quickly were like, oh wow, this team is awesome, and then put the queen back in the box, and we're just like, all right, cool. She's <laughs> she's good too. I just felt like Wonder Woman and Daenerys were like so good together. Oh, they were, <laughs> and they were. Um, Phil, who did you and Jared get in your box? You know, after you said that, I'm trying to sit here and think, and the, um, <laughs> we got we got T Rex from Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, and then we've got. Um, He's shuffling through them. In, uh, in Umbridge. Now. We got Umbridge from. Um, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And I'm trying to remember who the third one was. The one that I played most of the night. It was from Game of Thrones. Remember. Oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, we had. Um, yeah. Um, Arya. Yep. Arya Stark. Yep. yep. Oh, Arya she's, Stark. She's good. She's really good. Yep. And All that, of the Game of Thrones characters are. Yep. Yep. And so uh, that, that's who we had. So, so we put uh, to start off with. We put um, uh, Umbridge back because she was good on defense, but really weak on offense of any sort. So she wasn't a real good player and a real good for a two-character game. She was more in a supporting role. But so you you put you played Arya and Jared naturally uh, gravitated played, toward the T Rex. Yep, he played the T Rex. <laughs> Which I'm I'm glad that Jared uh, got the T Rex because Jared, if you don't know him, is a huge Jurassic Park fan. That's like his favorite thing. So I when we when Jared and I played our first game, uh, his team that he threw together was the T Rex from Jurassic Park, the Raptor from Jurassic Park, and Jaws. Uh, there were no people. There were no humans on his team. It was all beasts and of massive size and scariness. So uh, a for classic the T-Rex. Jared team. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm glad that he got the T Rex. So uh, over the course of our games, there was no elimination. That was another change this year. Uh, there was no elimination. There was just uh, Swiss rounds. So you would just go around and play. You know, people who won naturally got paired up against other people who won. But they weren't really keeping track of wins and losses. I mean, they were for the par- for the purposes of pairing, but they were keeping track of victory points over the course of the night. So yeah. you were really trying to just get the most points rather than get the win. Well, I mean, the win probably helped your score, no doubt, but uh, getting the most points was a really big deal for you. And we did a lot of winning in our events uh because we got to play uh there were two we would rotate maps but then all the maps we played had two game modes one of which was triumph and then the other was something else and nine uh, three times out of four we played triumph (laughs) yeah and uh or which i had not played triumph until that night (laughs) and then we played a lot of it yeah and we got good at it Because we had a really good character for playing Triumph, which was Wonder Woman, who can run onto the middle, stay there, and then even if you drop her, she can just get right back up and then push you away, all with yeah. one action, which was real good. So uh, there was a lot of play with Wonder Woman. And then Daenerys, uh, we, had this, we had this running thing that we would do, which I had a lot of fun with, uh, that was whenever we would get Drogon, the Drogon token aligned in just the right way in order to do his big line attack where he challenge he does a challenge three to everyone in the line 
um mm-hmm. I'd grab the token and then look to Trista because she was the one playing Daenerys and I would just and I would go give the order Dracarys and then she yeah then she would go Dracarys and then I'd put the token down and then we'd move Drogon and then we'd usually uh burn everyone in the <laughs> everyone in our path yeah so, so we got that's to play a, up a good go ahead I said it was a good move it was, yeah, and every every time you set it up, it was a really good move. So it was like, hey, you were you were, you were always like, hey, can we do that? Like, is that is that something we can is is can we uh, can we burn them here? <laughs> <laughs> so you always had your eye on that. That was good. Yeah. And uh, you also helped me a lot in keeping in not overcomplicate because I'm a war gamer, you know. Unfortunately, as much as I love to say I'm not a competitive player, uh, my brain naturally is like trying to think of the best way to do things. But right. you did a really good job of dialing me back in times where I was overcomplicating the game, where I was like, yo, what's I, I'm like sitting here and she like looks over at me and like my brain's getting fried because it's so late at night. And then it's also like trying to go really fast, trying to think of the best strategy. And then you're just like, what if I just move here and grab this point? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like sitting and then like my brain shuts off, restarts. And then I'm like yeah go do that <laughs> that's a good idea <laughs> so, yeah because you're sitting there like deep in thought coming up with all these like overly complicated playing 4d chess yeah and <laughs> i'm just like yeah but there's a point literally just sitting there <laughs> what waiting just, to be grabbed what if i just go oh, move I, and get it i'm gonna do that yeah <laughs> and uh nine times out of ten that was exactly what we needed to do and i was just like ah oh, thank you <laughs> it's Thank you for being smarter well, than me in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, anytime. So, uh, we did. We actually got to win a lot of our games, and then we met ra- the the semifinal round. We got paired up against last year's champions. Yes. And 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 I wasn't there exactly when we got to go to the table, but you were. Uh yeah, I went over and sat down in front of them at the uh like the top two tables and they were like, "Oh my god, no." <laughs> because uh they remembered us as the winners from the first year. So yeah, so they so they saw Trista come up to the table and they were like, "No." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and that was that was very funny. I I missed it, but they were playing on, they had a stream going, so you can actually go and if you YouTube, uh, like, Funkovers 2023 uh, event, or Gen Con, I don't know which, I don't know what keywords you have to look up in order to find it, but you can find the event, and uh, they streamed, like, all the rounds, so you can watch our game, which was the, our, our game against them was the semifinal. It was also the only game we played that wasn't Triumph, so that was cool. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, and we played that, and... Well- that, and you can see, you can hear that moment in the stream where Trista comes over, and you can hear them go, "No." <laughs> I know that that was really funny. That felt kind of good, actually. <laughs> um, but I, I really had no expectations of like getting very far this year. No. Like the first, the first year, it was so crazy the way that all worked out. Like none of us expected to like win the first year. We were just there to play and then we just kept winning and winning and winning um and then last year when we first started i felt a little bit of pressure oh there was so much there was immense pressure 
kind of like, oh yeah, we, you know, we're the first year's champions. There was a little bit of pressure to try to defend the title. And then we like got knocked out round two last year. Immediate. <laughs> like yeah, the first so then... <laughs> time we could have been knocked out, we were knocked out and we were like, well, there right. goes that. <laughs> and then after that, the pressure was off and we could just like hang out and play and have fun, like low pressure. And then this year, I also did not feel that same level of pressure going into it because like we, we had already been dethroned last year. So yeah. we didn't have any sort of like title that we were trying to uphold. Um, so when we kept winning this time, <laughs> then the pressure I also built. I was like, is this really happening again? <laughs> the pressure <laughs> the pressure was building for me as the night went on because we just yes. kept winning. And I was like, oh, God, now I, now <laughs> it's going to happen again, isn't it? And then, like, I would just get more tense as the night went on. And by the time we were playing last year's champions, I was, like, full sweat mode. Like, oh, God. Oh, no, like, I have to yeah. <laughs> I have to do good. I have to show them that I'm <laughs> that we were worth winning the first year. <laughs> right, because then after that, we were... <laughs> on game four of five and we had just gone four and oh so far i know and then the pressure was on we we're like oh god we have to just we have to keep we have to keep <laughs> going <laughs> so i just kept trying to do like what was the best move at the time and what we could do and just to show that we weren't we were a force to be trifled with we earned our championship the first year <laughs> and uh well we got all the way we we actually beat last year's champions which was exhilarating but also more pressure <laughs> that had it on from us because then we went to right. the top table which we played yeah. jd and his buddy uh from who were who hadn't been champions yet were, but were part of that same discord group and were in the finals pretty much every year uh i'm pretty sure i don't remember if they were in the finals last year if they were the other group i think maybe they I, were i also don't remember um, but I know that they were the fi in the finals the first year because that's where we like really met because we were right next to them. But we played them round three and we barely squeaked the win out of from them. And then yeah. we had to play them again round five. And we were like, dang it. Because <laughs> we had the, cause the two of us were the top two records with points. So we had to play again. Mm -hmm. And this time in the final round, all we had to play all three characters. So... And at that point, going into that game, I I think we were the only team that was undefeated. Correct. So yeah. the pressure was on again. <laughs> and the um, team that we were playing against, you know, we had already beat. But yeah, they had the they next barely, most. Points. But we barely beat them, so it was like full pressure again because they're really good players. They're they're really smart. Yeah, it, they're really well done. They, yeah, they are. And what was, so let's see, their team was, they had Betty White, who of course is one of the greatest pieces of all time. Uh, right. They had Hagrid and they, ha and they and they had a Daenerys. Yes, they did, which they brought out in the, the last game. Yep. So they, so. For they, the last game, we played all three characters. Correct. So we had, uh, and we had to get our butts beat by them, just barely. <laughs> it felt like we had lost very early on to me, but in actuality, some of the dice rolls were really shaken in our favor. So there was a lot of wiggle room that we had, but at, there was there was a certain point where just nothing that we could do would get them off that point. They got onto it early, and, and there was no way for us to really shake them off, unfortunately. So... 
it took everything we had to hold out for as long as we could. And I think the final score was like six to 10 because we were playing to 10 points. And yeah. with uh, that score or well, whatever the score was, what whatever I think the, we the had maybe like seven, it might've been know. 10 to seven, whatever the final score was th- them winning and getting that many points secured their title over us by one point. Yeah. Overall, <laughs> one, over, one over all the entire night. They squeaked out the win by one point. And you know what? At that point, that that's pretty great for them. Because they, those two had not been the champions yet, but they've played every year and they've done really well every year. So I was actually excited for them that they were going to get to get the title this year that they've been after since year one, you know, and yeah. they've been so invested in the community. They've, they've really wanted it. So yeah, that's... <laughs> they got it this time so jd and uh i I forget the other guy's name and i apologize if you're listening Um, but i think his last name is gonzalez well both i remember well both of you welcome welcome to the winner's circle we welcome you in with open arms (laughs) (laughs) so they gave us so they gave first and second place pretty much the same prize which was also another way for me to just you know breathe a sigh of relief for losing by one point uh right (laughs) um but they gave us Two prototype Funko uh, Funkoverse pieces, which if you remember from year one, they actually gave those out to a lot of teams. Uh, there was mm-hmm. they they all got one. All the players got their own prototype Funkoverse character, and they did that again with the top four this time. However, uh, the top four players, I should say, the top two teams. Um, however, they were all signed by the game's creators this year, which was yeah. I think a really cool thing. And then we also got uh, each team got two which means each player got one uh, Funkoverse pin that were exclusives from San Diego Comic-Con that only 500 were made. So that was really cool. Um, we ended up trading uh, one of our, pro- uh, one of our prototypes for another prototype. But when we opened the box and I saw Oogie, Oogie Boogie in there from nightmare before Christmas, I was like, Oh, yeah. Trista, you've won. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got your favorite guy. Yeah. It goes perfectly with the one I got from the first year. Yeah, because that's the one you got in the first year, too. And then I got the Raptor, and I ended up trading the Raptor for Jaws. And it, Although I really wanted the one that JD got, which was... Well, actually, JD got both of them, uh, I, I think, as it turned out. But uh, I really wanted the Kool-Aid Man was the fourth prototype. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I want the Kool-Aid Man prototype. But he wanted that, and he you know, he won. So I was just like, no, nah, uh, okay. I asked I asked if he wanted to trade for it, and he was like, no, nah, I want to I keep it. So I didn't press him on it anymore, but I was like, ah, all right. Uh, but <laughs> I, lo- I love the Jaws one, so I, I love that I have that now, and I love that you have the Oogie Boogie one. You have the market. You've cornered the market on f- prototype Oogie Boogie. Yes, I have. So, Phil, uh, how did your uh, how did your games go? Did you have fun? Did you have fun at Funko? Had a blast playing Funkoverse. Um, Jared and I, we ended up. I don't remember what our win and loss total was. Even on our losses, uh, we were we were losing by one point or something like that. So we had a good, pretty good point total. And we spent we finished the night somewhere in the middle of the pack. I think. Um, I think we played on our, our final round, uh, we played on table seven or something like that, I think. 
and we ended up winning that our final match um, so we ended up in the middle of the pack there somewhere so but we had a blast I mean for Jared and I who had each only played the game one time before we were pretty pleased with what turned out for us but the most important thing is we had fun all night and you got lots of swag at the end of that night oh yeah, yeah they, they didn't want to take the the Funko team didn't want anything left so everybody just, was t taking stuff off the table so yeah got a lot of stuff to you got lots of lot boards of stuff, maps. boards you got and uh and then we we have all the characters that they gave us like for our team so we just gave you because you had none of ours so we were like you can just have our whole team because <laughs> we already have we have wonder woman we have the ch it was the chase uh, all the characters that had chase variants that were on these teams were chase variants by the way like i saw black panther on another table that was the chase black panther i thought that was cool um and our queen and then we had a there was another team that had a queen of hearts and both of ours were the glitter chase variant yeah so uh we had two so and we already have that as well we already have the chase queen of hearts so we just gave our whole team and everything that we got to to fill so we were like yeah. there you go buddy you've got <laughs> you went from having like five characters or something before this event to now you have you know like six more and some more maps so you're you're all set to go <laughs> oh yeah but then everybody got another piece of swag from them everybody that played oh yeah or everybody that stayed around um if if you stayed around everybody got something and so you could tell them what that was that was a nightmare before christmas poster with lock shock and barrel which was the new uh funkoverse expansion this year was the uh was them as companion characters so you can play lock shock or barrel as a companion attachment like an item to uh to one of your other characters and they have some tricky little moves and maneuvers they can do or and I love that you can and I love this or you can attach you can stack all three of them on top of each other and play them as one character which is so hilarious and so funny I'm sad they weren't in the event um they but I gave everyone that poster and then they also gave everyone who stuck around long enough they gave them that expansion so mm -hmm. if you let if you played in that event you got the new expansion so you played you played long enough you got the Lock, shock, and barrel, just for free, just for playing. Um, the I will I will note the top four teams. Uh, those players got chase variants, so we got the uh, we got the cool chase variant of the box. Uh, but I stupidly bought the box uh, earlier that day, so <laughs> then I had both. <laughs> but yeah, so everyone had lots of uh, lots of fun with that. Paul, what did you uh, why didn't what did you not come play Funkoverse for? We missed you. Why didn't you come play Funkoverse, Paul? I was playing some betas. <laughs> That's true. All right, fair enough. I he already covered that. All right. Well, I know that. I just wanted a better answer because he's <laughs> the Funkoverse World Champ. He's got to come back and play. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I will say I was. Uh, I mean, we'll get into this the next day. I we're doing that now. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I didn't sign up for this for this event that you guys went to on Saturday. Oh well, we'll we'll get to that the Saturday event. The big, the big Funko Saturday event. But Paul, what did you do on Saturday? Uh, Saturday. What was Saturday? Okay. We uh, did the same thing again. So I went into the vendor hall we early. Yep, early. 
um because i wanted to try to get those uh funko star wars rivals uh exclusives so i got in line early really early this time because i was like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna be like one of the first people in the door so i showed up like an hour before the doors opened, just kind of like hung out and waited um knew what door to go in knew where i was going this time had seen where the line was like how it went around the booth so i was like i got this for sure um when i got there i was pretty close to being one of the first people like in the line like i was easily going to be probably one of the first i don't know 20 or 30 people just in the doors in general yep so i was like i for sure in the bag so doors open I start walking in, I see the Funko booth. I'm like, oh yeah, I got it for sure. Cause there's the line is not there where it was the day before there was just nobody there. Uh, so I got past the wall of the Funko booth and then uh, dread like just hits me as I see the line is now wrapping around the other side of the booth. Oh, um, no. Not the place where it was the previous day. So the people at Funko had wrapped them around the opposite side of the booth that day. Um, And so I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to hurry up and get in the back of this line. So I start looping around the booth. And as I'm there, I can just see all of the people just hopping in line. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. And so I get in line. I already know, like, I'm I'm past the booth again. I'm almost to the wall of the, you know, convention hall. Like, there, I'm probably not going to get one again. And, of course, I missed it by three people, which was just really frustrating because I, you know, did all the right things. I got there early and went straight to the booth, and I got messed up because they wrapped the line around a different direction. Yeah. So I was frustrated with that. So I still went through the line. I was only three people away. So by the time I was up there, I was like, fine, just they, they were only giving you one light side, one dark side booster um, at a time every day. So I was like, go ahead, give me my light side and dark side booster. I guess I'll just try again tomorrow. And so I got my light side, dark side booster. Uh, the one thing that made me happy is I opened my dark side booster and both that was in there. So, hey. Yeah, I was like, that's the one I wanted. So good to go there. Um, and then uh, I actually met up with uh, my friends after that. And we actually waited in line over um, at the, the booth that had Star Wars Unlimited. Unlimited? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, which is a new card game that is coming out, I I believe, from what I've heard, it's coming out like spring-ish of next year. Um, and so they had, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, demos of the game there, but it really wasn't a demo. It was just, they had two rows of tables. Um, there was probably 10 games or so um going at any given time and there was like four or five employees there and all they really did is they said here your decks they taught you how to play and they let you play a full game of it which uh probably was only about a half an hour game so it's a pretty pretty quick card game but um that's cool 
it, it's pretty easy. It's pretty fun. Um, it has some similarities to Lorcana uh, in my mind. Um, the piece that I like about it is there's ground battles and air battles. So you got, you know, like your X-Wings and fighting TIE Fighters and things like that. And then you also have your, um, you know, Rebel Troopers and Chewbacca and Leia and, you know, Stormtroopers and, and things like that fighting on the ground battle. And you kind of have to um, have this like push-pull in both um, theaters of the battlefield. Uh, otherwise, uh, your punk can run away with it with you um lost yeah so uh that was a fun little game i you know i played it once i'm really interested to see what more they come out with because you also start with kind of uh well it's not kind of you start off with a commander um for your deck uh so the the decks there were luke and vader and they have a special ability that they can do like every turn as like leader and then at some point, once you get enough resources, you can bring them into the battlefield as their like character version. That's cool. And then once the character dies on the battlefield, they go back to being just the leader and you can't bring them back out as the character. So you have this like one time use of like getting your leader onto the battlefield and, you know, getting that powerful unit out there to try to do some work and, and maybe win you the game or whatever. But um, so it was just Luke and Vader right now in the demo but i'm really I'm, you know they're gonna have more than just luke and vader so i'm really oh, interested sure. to see how some of the other characters play because obviously luke and vader had very much like a push and pull aspect luke gave shields to characters and vader um essentially did a damage to a character and then a damage to the enemy's base so he could easily get the shields off luke could easily put shields on uh, <laughs> so it had this uh really back and forth like i said yeah yeah back and forth between those two characters so um it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out but i thought it was a pretty um good it felt uh, fairly light i mean you can make it competitive still but um pretty easy to play so like i feel like i i could play it with my daughter probably um nice. so i always like games like that at this point that i can easy to pick up easy to teach yeah yeah and and still have some depth to them so you know i can keep busy with uh both my kids and then also like my friends who come over for you know a game day or something and i'm gonna pull out the star wars game and you know, have new people who can play, and then I have my serious card gamers who can sit there and, you know, really hash it out with me. So, um, check that out. That was really fun. Uh, I liked that game. Then, shortly after that, we went shopping a little bit. Um, I, I shopped and bought a couple games. My family was there. Um, actually, we made some costumes this year. I just oh. started started doing that just barely uh, into it, so rushed a couple costumes through. Uh, my wife dressed up as a, a Bo-Katan. And my daughter, we had a costume that was uh, the armor. And then my, my three-year-old son, we just got him a Mandalorian, like, you know, Halloween costume that you can get, like, at Walmart or whatever, mm -hmm. and made, it, made a few little tweaks to it and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, they had their, their suits and stuff on and it, we had a good time getting those ready and then they got to walk around and do that a little bit. That's awesome. I, 
I then went and played in the Hero Realms event in the early afternoon. My Not only were my kids there, but my wife decided to bring my niece and two nephews with um, that day. So, so uh, Hero Realms was she, a whole family gathering. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she, she was a saint. I don't know how she did it with five children. Um for a bit there. So um, I actually did really well in hero realms and made the cut. Hey. And so yes. I made the cut was in top eight. Um, I was about to start playing my first top eight match. And here comes my wife back with my three-year-old son, just absolutely passed out in her arms and says, can you please take him? Because I can't. <laughs> I can't carry him around with me uh, this entire time. So luckily, I had a really nice opponent for my first round, and he was very chill about me having my passed out son in my lap while we were playing <laughs> this game. <laughs> um, and he ended up, it's best two out of three games, so through the second game, uh, he started waking up and you know wanted his mom when he wakes up. That's pretty typical for, for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because of course she wasn't there, and he, he again he was very nice. My opponent was very nice and said, "Hey, if we need to take a break, you know, we'll just call a judge over and um, and you can go deal with what you have to." And you know, luckily we were towards the end of our game, so we we finished up. I ended up winning that one, um, and then ended up losing in the top four to uh, someone who has won multiple of those tournaments before. Oh. Um, we went, we went three games though. It was, we had some, some good games for sure. And then, um, the person who ended up winning was another one of, uh, like our friends who goes and plays those. So, uh, was surrounded by some, some champions there. And the honestly, that's, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I, I always find it funny. I joke around uh, with them because I feel like I'm kind of like a Jamie Lannister, like a I'm just like the Kingslayer because all of these people who've won these Legends tournaments, I tend to knock them out in the Swiss rounds um, <laughs> and win to them, you know, against them there. But I can't ever like win at the tail end myself, so <laughs> I just make it so they can't. That's it's really interesting. <laughs> yep. Well, that's kind of what we did in Funkoverse this year. Was we kind of dropped the uh, the last year champions down a peg, so yeah. that they didn't make top table. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I have a knack of doing that. I need to start like uh, you're just a Lannister at heart, yeah, like me. Yeah, I don't. It, it's something like that. It was, but it was a good time. That was the best I had ever finished. I had finished in a Star Realms one and got to top eight and they got knocked out right away in the first round. So um, the quarterfinals on that one. And so this one, I was in the semifinals when I got knocked out. So getting better. So that's cool. Um, especially for something that I just go to, to, you know, have a good time. It's a nice little quick game. Rounds are, you know, roughly about a half an hour. Uh, so it, it's just much lighter. It's much different than going and playing, you know, a Legion event for, you know, two and a half hour rounds and then playing three of those in a day, four of those in a day. I don't um, know who would be dumb enough to do that. You know, I <laughs> I like, I like, you know, going to events and playing, you know, miniature war games where you're playing for two and a half hours. But then 
I also like other games like we talked about earlier. Oh, yeah. There are plenty of other games that I like, and I like the games that I can knock out in a half an hour just as much. And be done. So, um, yeah, so it, it's fun. Again, Gen Con is my one where I do some lighter stuff, and then Adepticon is usually the one where I'm playing my heavy war games and stuff like that. So, so my uh, question yeah. for you, Paul, is to does this upper echelon of Hero Realms players have their own podcast? There are some podcasts for um, Hero Realms and are, Star Realms. But is it theirs? Not the, peop- not the people that won this year. So hear me but, out, Paul. Yeah. You can make it up to them by inviting them on and doing Hero Realms episodes. Yeah. If you if you have, if there's enough depth there to to, <laughs> to to talk about Hero Realms for some episodes, you could do that. Absolutely. We ha- yeah. The world is different now. In there. And uh, we might have some a, a time where we post some games or something like that of Hero Ooh. Realms and Star Realms. Like, there you yeah. go. Then I could figure I out how the game works. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a fun little easy one. And honestly, for anybody who's interested in checking them out. Um, you can get the apps um, on your phone that you can play Star Realms and Hero Realms on your phone. Uh, it's it's nice. You can oh, play cool. real-time games or you can play, you know, like where you just take your turn and then wait for the other person to take their turn. So, um, yeah, that's that's that how cool my friend is very plug good there. at it. Yeah, how much that's how my friend is very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, like a penny every time there's that. No. Nice. <laughs> if only. Excellent. Um yeah, that's how my friend is so good. Is because he plays thousands and thousands of games. Ah, uh, he gets lots but, of reps in on that. Makes yes, sense. It, lots of reps. Makes um, sense for sure. So, yeah, that uh, played in that uh, made that that cut, which was fun. Uh, by the time I got done, my family, my nephews and niece and kids were all pooped. They were they were tired. They were gone. <laughs> um, so they had they had gone home. Uh, we sat and played uh, a game for kind of like the first time of the convention. Actually, like sitting down and playing a game. We played uh, the new version of Acquire. One of my friends picked up, so I had never played that game, but I know it's a you know, very popular board game that a lot of people have played. So um, we played that one. It's all about hotel real estate and um, how trying topical. to make the most money off of, uh, off of hotels. So, how, top- yeah. how topical for this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we had a good time uh, hanging out, playing a game, waiting for the Hero Realms to finish. Again, one of our friends there, his name's Ian, won the Hero Realms. And then we went out to eat afterwards and got some some good food at the yard house there. If anybody is in that Indianapolis area at Gen Con, I would recommend the yard house. It's a uh, pretty good food and not too expensive, especially you know, nice comparing to like the food trucks and stuff. It's it's about on par with that, but you get hey, probably a good, little bit, there's a little bit more, trucks, dude. Yeah, there's not. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just they saying just, they get expensive. They can. they do get expensive. Some of them yeah. can. Yeah. I felt like I got and, by pretty good with uh, one of the ones that actually. Since we brought that up, um, can we briefly talk about that the vendor hall or that the food trucks were expanded and in a new location this year? Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. At first, I was not sure that I was going to like that. Yeah, me um, too. But it's in hindsight, it's definitely a haul. Yeah, more. in hindsight, though, there was more seating that they put out over there in those parking lots for us. 
And then it's also really close to Lucas Oil that also has some place to sit, some places to sit, like some tables and stuff that you can go yeah. and sit at inside. Um, or like we just sat in the seats at one point um, over at Lucas Oil. So that that was convenient if you wanted to actually like have some place to sit down that wasn't just like the sidewalk or the stairs where we met up um, one one day there. So that's um, cool. yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, Trista, you've only this is you said like your fourth Gen Con or something, but this was still like the first time where you had the food trucks in a totally new location. First time for me as well, but like, what did you think of the new spot? Like, what did you? Th- is it better? You think we should just go to this as the new as the new uh, the new location for the block party? Yeah, it's kind of like Paul said. I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first because it did feel more like inconvenient to get to at first. Um, but it it is more spread out, and they were able to have more food trucks, I feel like, than they did before. And I the lines didn't feel as long for some of them, because usually almost every truck has a super long line. And there were quite a few trucks that we were able to, you know, get stuff from pretty fast this time and yeah it was nice having more places to sit and hang out because there really weren't a lot of options before yeah time of day when you got there to eat too whether the line was long because a couple times we got there at just the right time when there weren't any lines and yeah a few minutes later you know after events had ended and stuff like that then a lot of people started showing up so that's true yeah yeah, the thing that I will say that I didn't like about where it was was I felt like it was harder to see like what food trucks were there, whereas where they were before, right? You could just kind of like take a walk down. You do a the, quick walk and you see everything. Strip, and you're like, okay, I, yeah. I've seen all the trucks. I know, like, okay, I'm gonna do this one. Whereas that, you kind of had to cross the street, which was awkward because some of the food trucks were on one side of the street facing one way. Yeah. The other ones were facing the other way on the other side of the street. And so you kind of had to make like a big loop if you wanted to see all the trucks and what was available before you chose what you got. If you were, if you wanted to do that, I know plenty of times that we went, we were just like, well, whichever line is shortest, we're just going <laughs> to check and see if there's something there that we like. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of did that a few times, too. I found a place, and I, for the life of me, cannot, unfortunately, remember what it was called. So it may just have to live on in uh, in, in infamy uh, with, with uh, unknown. But it was uh, something catering. And I'm, like, desperately trying to find the list so I can see. Uh, not Earl B's catering, no. That's the only one that shows up as catering. I don't know. I thought it was like Jay's catering, but the only things that come up that I thought it was Jay's. Yeah, Jay's something, but it's not Jay's, Jay's lobster truck. There's a there's a Jay's lobster truck, and it wasn't that, but it was like Jay's catering or something like that. And I cannot find it for the life of me in this list of the uh, block party uh, people in 2023. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to get confirmation that that's what it was, but. Um, they have the most amazing, uh, like chicken and, uh, and then they had like a pulled pork barbecue mac and cheese. So good. And then they had a chicken and biscuits with apple butter. 
also so good. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. And those were all really affordable. Like, those were all, like, really good. um, Those were all really good, like, really decently priced. And then they were also really filling and really good. So we had it on Friday. I went back and had it again on Saturday. Uh, Because I was just like, I, I just went straight to them. And there's no line for them. Like, they were kind of an unknown. Because you just like went over there and they would they would have your food done in literally 20 seconds or less. Like you would go up and order it and in less than 20 seconds, your food would be ready for you. Like it was kind of amazing. They were like this, they were this wild unknown, which is apparently they're going to continue to go unknown because I don't have their exact name. I'm almost positive in my brain it was Jay's Catering, but like I cannot, I cannot find anything that backs that up. So uh, maybe I took a photo of it. Anyway. But uh, I had them and I had Hotbox on uh, Sunday, so it was pretty good. Yeah, I always get the like convention pizza and the convention burger. Yeah, we had that um, Thursday too. Just to just to have them, they're usually pretty good. Um, so I always get those. The I guess the two places that I would give shoutouts to, uh, and I don't know what the one is called. All I know is that they have mini donuts, and those things are phenomenal. They come off like hot off the press, and you get them right away and the one day that i saw that truck the one day that we got them their special was like a french toast donut and they were amazing like a little bit of that maple flavor and then like cinnamon sugar on them and it was oh yeah they were so good they're always really good um i would recommend those if you uh if you ever go look for that truck it's a little like white truck and um get a dozen of donuts and pick whatever flavor you want. Cause they're all good. Can't nice. go wrong. Um, and then the one I will have to say that was like a lifesaver. The, the last day there that we, when we ran into each other was, um, the BB and B truck. Um, yeah. they have the like Korean corn, Korean style corn dogs, uh, where you can kind of just like pick your toppings and stuff. But, uh, they had a big old bin of popsicles that they were giving people who were standing in line and my oh, kids were, yeah, my kids were losing their minds because they were hungry and could not handle it um, and did not want to wait in the line. So luckily while we were waiting in line, they had popsicles. So my kids, they gave my kids popsicles too. Um, and so they got to eat something while we waited in line. So that was, that was awesome and a lifesaver. Um, and yeah, they they had some really interesting flavors, like the ones that uh, the one that my kids and I got, where they had like a creamsicle one, and, but then they also had like a London Fog popsicle um, that my friend got that he said it was really good. Um, so good. yeah, they just had some like really uh, really cool things going on there. And there, I, there's always good food. The food trucks are always good. There there's is. also there's also some good restaurants in that area too that you can go to. And we may um, have to just decide if there's a bad food option that we'll tell you about it. And then just assume if we don't tell you about it, that it's just amazing because <laughs> there's so many, there's so many good things. Yeah. I, I think there were a couple things that was like, it wasn't bad food, but it was like, mm, that was probably overpriced for what it was. But I mean, that's, that's part of it though. That's you know, they, yeah. So, um saturday our saturday we started with one of the writer symposiums we had our horror writing horror writer symposium which was very cool that was my first writer symposium 
uh, and Trista, I say, I think said that was like one of her favorite ones that she's. Been oh doing. yeah, because it was not just like one author, but it was the whole panel of like writers that was really informative and yeah, I was in my element there. <laughs> and that was a really cool one to sit in on. I I really enjoyed that one. And then we spent the day bebopping around, doing random stuff, gaming around, and then we played in Star Wars Rivals. So Star Wars Rivals is a new Funko game that debuted this year that is a really easy, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it's really easy to pick up, really easy to play kind of game that is just these like, I and I mean this in the nicest way, these dopey looking little figures <laughs> that look yeah. like kids toys uh, with little with very stylistic choice on them to make them very simplistic very cheap easy to make i'm sure because the booster packs for characters is like five bucks so really easy to buy into this game the course the the box the main box the starter set was 20 bucks gets you four characters and gets you all the things you need to play the game and then you can buy an expansion for five literally five dollars so it's really cheap easy game to get into but it actually like you were saying earlier paul it's really easy to play really easy to pick up but it's also got depth to it so you can so the idea is you make three a uh, team of three characters, light side or dark side, and then you pit them up against your opponent who has the other side, and you are playing for these key locations. So at the and and then you play through all the locations in the deck, and then whoever scores the most points at the end is the winner. Um, but you're like designating your characters to these locations. And then they have an influence stat, so whoever has the most influence on a location wins. But you and your opponent each get to play a card that may turn the tide of the battle in certain locations. And only certain locations are scoring. So there's there's a whole lot of depth to it and a whole lot of strategy you could get into. But um, it was really cool. It's actually surprisingly simple and easy to play. Um, so I played on the light side. Phil, you played on the light side, am I right? I did. I played my side. Yep. So you sat next to me, and then Trista, where did you sit? I sat across from you on the dark side. In your natural element. Yep. <laughs> so everyone at the everyone at the event got uh, five boosters, uh, and just for just for showing up, you sat at a table. You sat on your side. You got five boosters. You opened them up, and then you play. And then for each round that we played, we played I think four rounds. Uh, you picked three of your characters to play and then uh, you would play that with your opponent and then somebody would move, like they would move the light side or the dark side. They would move those people down a seat or two or something. And then you could swap out your characters in between rounds if you wanted to try something else. But as you won, you would win booster packs for the side that you were not playing. So for every time, if you were a light side player, every time you'd win, you'd get a dark side booster. And if you were a dark side player, every time you won, you'd get a light side booster. So that was really cool. I thought that was a really neat way to do that. So you could walk, potentially walk out of that event with more ways to play other games uh, with other people, just with your own stuff. Um, and it really helped build out your collection. Um, Phil, as, the, uh, as, my, as my light side uh, partner in crime... Not that we, not that they were paired together, but we were both representing the uh, the good the good guys. Um, what'd you get in your uh, What'd you get in your box? Who'd you play? Um, I got well when I opened my boosters. I started off with three Ahsokas. <laughs> three of the same character. 
Yeah, three of the same <laughs> character. Um, so ended up doing some trading with some other people. And so I ended up, I ended up playing the ones that I ended up playing was um, Ahsoka. And I had one of the, uh, what, are, what do they call it? The, the hologram? The hologram. I had a hologram Ahsoka, a hologram Yoda, and and uh, I played uh, Chewbacca. Oh, yeah, and then Chewie was your third. Chewie is my third. Nice. And Chewie had some pretty cool moves, the things that he could do. And Ahsoka, of course, she's tough. But it was one of those kind of things. I mean, I, I had a blast playing the game. I played one game against Trista, and I think it was our second game. And we were down at the last the last bit of the game. Oh, yeah. And I had her. I had the strategy all worked out. Everything was going to go just perfect. I was going to take it. I was going to win the game. And she played this card that just totally wrecked everything. <laughs> that I'm, was still, I'm still bitter about that. Oh, yeah. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it was a lot of fun. I mean, and that's just the thing. You can, you can have the perfect – that's the game. You can have the perfect strategy and just one card just blows it all to pieces. <laughs> Oh yeah, that happened to me a couple of times. Or like when the dice roll is just not in your favor, and then your whole strategy that you planned just doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That that whole dice roll after you deploy your characters and you figure out what locations you're going to play for, and the one that you're banking on, well, the dice doesn't select that one, and you're playing for something else, and everything is all wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of ways that if that's a if that's a game where like you play strategy and then you hope that you're, and then you you're like committed to your strategy and you can't pivot whatsoever, uh, this, rivals might not be the game for you because <laughs> it is so everything could fall apart at any moment and there's like there's like four steps to every turn and everything could fall apart for you in any of those steps. <laughs> Because, yeah, that move that, uh, that Trista, that you did to, to fill... What was... Your team was... Remind me of your team. It was Boba Fett and Hologram Vader and then Hologram Count Dooku. And you had this amazing combo that really, that really messed Phil up there at the end. Which um, I think I remember it because I think I remember it as one of the two most amazing combos I witnessed all night, and I was so thankful that I didn't have to be in Phil's spot and uh, be on the receiving end of it just to see it. But you played Dooku as a card that's twice the pride, double the fall. All the cards are have a uh, quotes from these characters, by the way, which I love. Um, so Dooku's card is twice the pride, double the fall. And you play another card from your hand, and that effect happens twice. And mm -hmm. she played a Boba card that I don't have it in front of me, so I don't remember exactly what it does. But it, pu I think it puts like m marker, like uh, negative markers on a character at one location, and then puts other markers at a character in another location. So you're like double tapping on on people on damage. 
And then because of Dooku's card, you do it again. So she like quadruple tapped damage onto people, and it was so oh, it was so dirty. <laughs> Such a good. It was. Move. It was. No, that move sucked. <laughs> to be on I the mean, receiving if, end, yes. If it makes you feel any better, that's the only game I won. <laughs> well, I also got Dooku'd again you got on another game. game. Yeah, we call Tristan and I call that getting duked. <laughs> Whenever yeah, Dooku I, does something to <laughs> does something to people I got, screws I got duked again because I had the per- again, it was the perfect strategy. And and then I got duked again. Oh man. <laughs> Ah, Duke. Ah, Duke. Ah, Dukey. Uh, but yeah, so we played through that whole event. Um, that was really fun. I, they they had these play mats at every table. Uh, everybody got to take those home for for playing. You didn't have to win any number of games or anything. They they just gave those mats out to everyone who showed up. So yeah, those were cool. Yeah, they were really cool. There's rumor that these mats will eventually come out as a product, but uh, they are very much not right now. So they are uh, they are well, a hot commodity. If they weren't going to, because like early on, I was like, oh, I hope we get these mats. Like I want to keep these mats. And yeah. if they weren't going to give those away, I like low key. I was thinking about uh, how to sneak one out of there. So. <laughs> you would never. I would. Oh, how dare you incriminate yourself? Yes. That's what she gets for being on the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was in the dark side way of thinking. <laughs> uh so well have you have you uh have you played any games of it since you've returned home, Phil? I have not, but I think I was talking with one of my sons the other day, Christopher, and I think he seemed like he would be willing to play a game. I'm not sure that he would play more than one game, but he might he could play be convinced. one game. He could be convinced to play at least one game, so let's go. see. Good. Well, you should throw it so you can rope him into playing it so he likes it. <laughs> that's what I do. Maybe after I try Lorcana in a couple of weeks, maybe that's more his speed. I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe. No. Oh, the, oh, Lorcana. Yeah, we... <laughs> We won't go there. <laughs> but, true, we literally didn't go there, and so we <laughs> no. and so we won't. <laughs> um, Paul, you said you got Star Wars Rivals. Have you uh, have you given it any plays yet? Um, yeah, I'm in the middle of a play right now. <laughs> what you're playing it right now? No, no, no I mean oh, not right okay. this second. I wish. <laughs> um, I was like, dang, no, my... he's gaming while he's pl- talking. <laughs> my uh daughter i i pulled it out to try to see if she uh um really she she plays a lot of games like we we've played like marvel united and and things like that the more like cooperative stuff so um we played a couple of card games like pokemon and stuff that are head to head but um the the strategy of stuff doesn't always you know she, she's a young kid they she doesn't always get all the different nuances of strategy and things like that so i'm trying it with her to see um how much she um can really understand because the the moving the characters like to their locations that's easy like we can get through that it's the 
do you know what card to play and when? And do you like, are you thinking about setting up your characters moves into their locations based on what card you might play or could play? And so we're playing through it to, I want to see like how well she does with some of that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting. We're um, probably about halfway through the game right now. And it's pretty close. I think I'm winning by a little bit. Um, she just keeps piling like all her characters on one location. And so like when that one comes well, up, she wins. So <laughs> but, yeah, you got that That's one. Yep, that that yeah. is a strategy. I might've done that a time or two. Yeah. So um, if I just put everyone here. You can't win. Unless yeah, that location yeah. doesn't score, then you can win. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what's interesting about the game is you play your characters out, but you don't know what, location scoring yet so um that's the part that makes the the game kind of like fun and interesting and um but yeah like we're we're playing through it she seems to be enjoying it she likes star wars and so she likes the little characters and stuff um i will go back and say she also said that they look strange so they're so dopey okay but the child people without faces like vader like those and cody like they look fine um, yeah, they look fine. It's like the Luke. Princess Luke Leia. Really <laughs> Let me. L- Princess Leia turned out super cute somehow. Like she looks, she looks adorable. Yeah. Yep, Everyone else that has a face, w- what's going on? <laughs> they're just so dopey looking. Like their eyes are like three parsecs apart. And so <laughs> like, oh no, what's happening? <laughs> why, why, yeah. Luke? Why do you look this way? Oh God! Oh Yoda! What did they do to you? You know. <laughs> so, it very- yeah. So we're we're in the middle of playing one. I'm enjoying it so far. I Good. really want to play um, some more of it. That is the one event that I'm really disappointed that I didn't get in. I didn't even know. Uh, I wasn't even paying attention to it existing until it was much much too late. <laughs> Those Funko events are are hard to get into. That is for sure. That is true. Um, but there were some well, open seats. I think I think next time, you know, Gen Con does Gen Con things. Even though an event's sold out, it might not fill up when it comes time. Yeah. So I should have just like shown up. If you just showed uh, up, there would have been spots for you. I know I know that there was one whole table they didn't use, yeah. which means I think maybe eight people who yeah. didn't show up. <laughs> so uh, I, I would say spots. that at Gen Con in general, if you have an event that you really want to go to, go I would to just anyway. show up yeah. there's a lot of people who sign up for things and either can't come to Gen Con last minute or they are in another event that goes long or they just want to chop instead, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so I would say, yeah, just go ahead and show up. Uh, I didn't follow my own advice, but <laughs> do as you say, not as you do. It. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So for everybody who played rivals, I want to go around real quick and I'll, and I'll start, and then I'll put somebody on the spot, and that should give the other two people enough time to come up with an answer. Um, you don't have to go in depth. One character that you want to see get added to Rivals in the next wave, and I'll start out just so nobody feels like they're put on the spot, but I really want to see Thrawn. I feel like this game has enough depth into it that um, seeing Th- you know seeing Tarkin was inspiring for me to see... Uh, to see the Imperial officer get his cool moves that he could do. Tarkin has a cool move where he can just literally remove a location. That's his Death Star blowing up a planet move. It's pretty funny. Um, so I, 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 I believe that Thrawn would be an amazing character for this game. 
if nothing else, I really want to see his dopey little $5 figure um, <laughs> for like the kid's toy figure. Um, but I also think his cards would be really cool to see in the game. Um, Popcorn Paul. Paul, who would you love to see come to Rivals? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. I have so one many character. that I want to pick. <laughs> one. I have to pick one. And okay, so this is what I'm going to pick. I, I'm going to say Jabba the Hutt because I want to oh, see man. his, his fat little worm body <laughs> on that little base. <laughs> oh, I love that idea. Oh, that's funny. Okay, um, Phil, you've played this game. You've seen the characters. Who's a Star Wars character you would like to see come to the game? Um, oh, I'd go with Cad Bane. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's a great pick. We're all picking Dark Side. We're making the Dark Side roster over here, guys. I think he would have some awesome cards. Oh, yeah. And then I'd have to play him. Then i play him, Thrawn, and Boba, and that's my... Ooh. Oh, you've done it. You've done it, Phil. You've you've completed my roster. You've completed my dream team. Trista, what do you think? What character do we need to see in the next wave of rivals? I think Sabine. Ah, oh, dang it. Because then, yeah, then you can play Ladies' Night and rivals. You guys are selling too. me so yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I think I, I almost, oh, she would ahead. have some interesting moves. Oh, yeah. Something with explosions. Or graffiti. And graffiti, yeah. <laughs> I got to see how they, we got to see how they translate that to rivals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd play the I'd play any of the Phoenix crew in a heartbeat. Um I would just have uh, to narrow it down to 3. So it'll be Hera, Chopper and Sabine. <laughs> some of my other picks is I would love to see like a Grogu in the IG uh yes. robot. Oh my god, yes. yeah. Yes. Yes. And have a card. Yes, and have one card be yes, 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 and one card be no, no, no. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, Rivals was a great game. I really wish it the best. Uh, maybe we'll do some episodes on it or something once we get a little more play time in. Maybe we'll play- post some games on the Dice Time YouTube channel at some point. That would be really cool. Oh, for um, sure. Let's build that out because I want to see this game. Uh, at, I, I want to see this game go for a few more waves, at least bare minimum. I want to see it bring them bring it back next year. Do more stuff with it. Let's let's help it grow. Yeah, one of my favorite things, just really quick about that game that I found really interesting that they uh, told me when I was at the booth is if you don't know this already, if you buy a booster box, like if you go get the booster packs and you go get a whole box of them, so you're gonna get I think it's eight dark side and eight light side in an entire box you will not get a duplicate character. Yeah, there are no duplicates in the in the set boxes. So you can buy a yeah. whole set box for, what would that be, like $40? Yeah. Which is uh, crazy to me that you can buy a whole set of box, of boosters of something for 40 bucks. <laughs> or may, uh, I guess it would be 80 right? Cause it's oh, you're right. It's 80 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes yeah. more sense. That's, that's more along the lines of what I would think. I mean, but, then you won't get it, but you're guaranteed not to get any duplicates. I think that's awesome. Right. That's the that's the thing that gets me. Like eighty dollars is still expensive for you know a box of little figures, but you you will not get a duplicate. That's part of the thing about you know collectible games. It's like oh I'm gonna get you know ten duplicates out of my you know twenty packs or whatever. It's like great. <laughs> but yeah, so great game. I hope to see more of it. Let's post some more content of it because I would love to see more. And that wraps up Saturday. So we've got one last day, like a half day, I should say, 
of uh of Sunday, which is the sad good which is the sad goodbye, but it's going out with a bang. So let's uh let's let's move into that and then if there's any other things that we want to talk about, we will uh we will throw those in. So Paul, did you play any fun games on Sunday? Um I don't uh, so the only thing that I really played on Sunday uh, was I got to try Lorcana because <gasps> a friend of mine. Oh no, we're uh, gonna talk about it now. Here we go. Yeah, a friend <laughs> of mine had had actually waited through the line the day before and and got stuff. He um has uh, he does some streaming content and things like that so he got all the starter decks and some packs and and things like that did he make twenty thousand dollars on ebay oh no he didn't do all that he's actually going to use it for content on his on his channel and stuff so um he had all three of the the little starter decks so he um was able to show us just kind of the game and and just how it's played and stuff it it's a, uh, I feel like a pretty easy game to to pick up, but there's obviously going to be some depths in the deck building and and things like that. But I started playing it with my daughter, and then they she decided she wanted to run off and go do other stuff instead. So I finished up playing. Um, it's cool to uh, you know seeing all the Disney characters and stuff, and uh, one of the decks has a bunch of the lions in there. So. Uh, I was getting beat up by uh, Simba, Scar, and Mufasa all at the same time, so that was a rough go. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then one of the other decks decks had a bunch of Disney princesses, so like I think it was like Cinderella and Moana, <laughs> like were beating me up on the other side of things, and um, yeah, so it, it it's a fun little. I I feel like it's a pretty light game, but. Um, uh, yeah, I think I don't know that it lived up to the hype that everyone was uh, waiting in line all day and night for. But well, there uh, were there were two kinds of Lorcana people, and actually, there were just two kinds of people. There were the people that said Lorcana is going to take the world by storm, and we're going to wait sixteen hours in this line in order to get it. And there were the people that said Lorcana cards are going to be the predominant card used in Card Hala in twenty twenty five. So that was your two audiences there. Uh, well, when Phil gets to go do his Lorcana event, uh, next week, maybe you guys can, uh, you, you guys will come on and do a podcast just the two of you and talk about how great Lorcana is or how bad it is, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. I'll let you know. (laughs) Um, see if it's worth the hype. Yeah. At least see if it's worth the, the hype. Pull some, pull some billion dollar card out. Why don't you while you're there? Um, anyway, so Sunday for us, we got to play a game that Trista picked out. Trista, would you like to present to the class the awesome game uh, you picked out? Yeah, it was just a random demo that I had seen uh, that sounded cool. It was called Betrayal on the House on the Hill or something like that. Betrayal at um, House on the Hill. Yeah. And you're basically just with a group of people and you end up in this house and there are different scenarios that you choose and it becomes like haunted in some way. 
And then at some point, one of the people is a traitor and you have to figure out who that is. So it's an exploration collaborative game with everybody until you start finding enough of these items. And then when you find enough of them, they're called, I think they're, what they weren't boons, omens. You find these omen items. So they're like super cool items that you get to use throughout your journey. Um, but once you find enough of them, the haunt begins. And when the haunt begins, one player is randomly turned into like the villain. So like, if you, you know, if you play games with like, where if werewolf for example which we didn't play any werewolf this year which was sad again but whatever we didn't have time uh our hotel was 40 minutes away we had to <laughs> we had to go every night but yeah. um but like in werewolf everyone's working together and then like one person is the you know the bad guy right and now in werewolf is a secret so maybe that was a bad example but anyway the game was one person becomes the traitor and then suddenly everyone is now pivoting and going oh no now we're all working together but now we're working together against you and and then that player gets a whole new set of rules and they become the bad guy the whole thing plays out like a horror movie it's really cool um would the would the killer would the traitor of our group like to come forward and and say who they were i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) so we played a game we had six players and wouldn't you know phil for your first gen con and our first time playing this game you were the traitor (laughs) so i I had all kinds of little ghosts going around doing my bidding it was very cool I, w- I was excited when when it was you, I, and I sat right in between you and Trista, and I was just like, "Man, it's gonna be one of you, isn't it?" I was like, "It's gonna be one of the walkers. They're gonna turn into the traitor." <laughs> and well, sure I'm enough, glad it was him and not me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, and sure enough, sure enough, it was one of them. I was right. But um, yeah, so we our our job was to cleanse the ghosts that were in the house. And like send them on to the next life, and we had to clear eight ghosts over the course of this game before. I don't know, Phil. Maybe you can take this time to enlighten us on like what you were supposed to do and what your goal was, because we never really got to know that because that was secret info. Yeah, I mean, the main thing was is I either had to basically kill one of you to where you got down to zero on one of your attributes. Um, and if so, then then the game would have ended. Or... Oh. And then... I um, uh, forgot what the other thing was, but, I mean, that was really the gist of it, so that's the reason why I was playing the... Oh, or if I maxed out uh, my... What were the different uh, One of your attributes? stats... Yeah, if I maxed out one of them because I'm because I would get points and increase um, if if I ingested a ghost. Yeah, so you were like morbidly going around sucking up ghosts. So I would go around and try to suck up the ghost, and that would make me stronger. Or I had to have the ghost attack you guys and weaken you guys. Oh my god! So we were so close because. All of my stats were one away from being critical. So if yeah. so I was two more rounds of ghosting away from death. 
because, or no, I had, I think one of my stats did go critical or something, but I knew that like, I couldn't take four more points of general damage because if I took four more points, literally something would have been done. Like I would have been out. And you're telling me that if one of us died, you would have won everything. That's it. Yep. Oh my God. We were so close then. <laughs> all, all I had to do is get one of you guys. Oh man. That's so close. But that was a really fun game, and unfortunately, it had sold out on Sunday. Yeah, I would have, so. I would have bought it if it wasn't sold out. Yeah. And and the guy that was running our game made a comment because we put down these little tiles to build out the house as you're going down. You pull a card, and and mm -hmm. you, and when you go through a door, well, you you pull another tile piece and lay it down, and we ended up with only three tile pieces left. Um, yeah, and the guy made a comment that that is the farthest he had ever seen any of the games go. <laughs> all weekend, all weekend, all the games that they had demoed and everything that was the that was the farthest he had seen a game go. He was Which like, is funny because we also finished like thirty minutes early. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were playing fast. We knew what we were doing. Well, we and he he said. I almost didn't want to let you guys win just because I wanted to see you explore those last three tiles so we could just have a full house. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we could have. Uh, but yeah, I took a picture of the game board before we started, and then I had a picture of the game board after we were done. And yeah, it was just massive house. That, um, you know, some of the rooms were very random that uh, came together. Like, my one of my favorites was the organ room that was like, that had the piano in it uh, was next to the soundproof room, and I I, I thought that was I thought that was yeah. funny. I was like, oh hey, yeah. perfect. But there were like random ones that would pop up, like the master bedroom would be behind the kitchen, and I'm like, oh yeah, naturally. Like we would just like it was a running gag. We would just like pull out a tile and then pair it up with a room, and just like it would be a wild like no one would ever do this if they were mapping out a house but then we would just be like oh naturally you'd put that there right of course of course the master bedroom behind the kitchen yes yes makes it yeah. easier for a midnight snack yeah exactly yeah they were thinking ahead when they when they made this house yeah but that's that's one i would try to pick up in the future and play again oh yeah and this was like the second edition of this game is that right yeah, he said there was another edition that this was like a newer version of. So this was like a rework, and, and they increased because before you would have to buy a, like an add-on pack, but they went back and redesigned it a little bit there to where now there's like fifty different scenarios, so you never have to play the same game twice, which is which is really cool. All right. Well, um, if is there anything else from Sunday that we? I don't think we really did anything else Sunday though. I think that was our that was our main event. Then we did some haul. We did we went to some vendor hall. We did some last minute buys. We yep. went to food trucks. We went home. Um, Phil, for you in particular, I know that you bought a very cool game that you got a great deal on. Do you want to uh, quickly just pitch us? the the short version what what is this cool game you got because i'm very curious to know if you've opened it or anything if you've looked at it anymore or if nothing else I just so everyone knows what it is yep nope i haven't opened it yet 
um, it's called Shadows of Brimstone. There's a whole series out. Um, I think there are four different core sets out right now, maybe five. Four or five different core sets out, and I got one called uh, Forbidden Fortress. And one of the main reasons why I got that is sometimes I don't always have someone to play a game like that with. So this is, that um, can be one to four players. And you're always playing against the game, so it doesn't matter. So as, as since I'm always playing against the game, I could play either one or all four of the heroes of this game. Or one, two, three, however many. Um, so it it'll make an interesting game um, that that I can do, and it's got some miniatures to put together and paint and everything. So I am acquiring a fairly large pile of shame or whatever it is. Nope, that's it. Pile of shame. So, but yeah, no. So I'm looking forward to getting that out and and starting to look. It didn't look like the from what I've read and what would explain doesn't look like the play is too terribly difficult. Some of the models on, I, I was looking at the box and I was just in, uh, infatuated with the models. I was just like, Oh my gosh, these look so cool. So I'm, yeah. I'm, one of the, yeah. And something that was interesting with the games, with the different core sets, they've, they, they've got all the different core sets with all the different maps and there's maps on either side of the board. Um, so, but they all play together. Which is and one of so my favorite you, features of any can, game. Yeah, you can have a samurai, you know, from this Forbidden Fortress playing on the Old West map with heroes, you know, from the Old West and stuff like that. But one of the things is they, they will retain their weaponry and stuff like that. So you're not going to have a cowboy that's going to end up with a ray gun, you know, from space or something like that. Whatever weapons and things that they have, they retain those no matter which game that they would end up in if you would choose to do that. So that sounds interesting. That's very cool. I'm looking for, I need to hear all the updates on this game as you uh, look more into it, but uh, you made it sound very enticing, so I'm... I'm excited for the, maybe the next time we get to come out and see you because I, I definitely have to hear how this game is or give it a shot. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, one of the guys that developed the game um, from Flying Frog Productions um, was telling me all about it and you know kind of kind of sold me on it that it was sounded like something that was interesting that I'd like to try. So we'll see. Well, last thing I think I really want to touch on, unless anyone has a game that they really want to highlight, is, uh, Phil, just your overall first Gen Con experience. If you had to wrap it all up in uh, in one sentiment, what would you what would you say? I would say fun. I mean, it was everybody was nice. Um, the people that were you know in charge of the games, doing the demos and different things like that. Um, you know, we'd called them out earlier, but the Zenvaded team—they were—they were fantastic. And we did three games with the Funkoverse team, and um, they were just outstanding. Um, really nice people, um, real down to earth and genuine and stuff. And then every, everyone I met, and 
you know, came in contact with at the convention were all very nice. And I think for the most part, most people were being nice and polite and respectful and stuff. So it was, it was a lot of fun. That's, and I'm, I'm glad that you got like a good first year experience, even with how busy it was. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you were able to get in a, a really good experience. Yeah, I'm already looking forward to next year. That's good. That means you got the proper experience then, if you're already looking forward to next year. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap us out here because we've been we've been chit chatting and floundering for for three hours now. So if you've uh, if you've made it with us this far, uh, definitely thank you for sticking with us and listening to our Gen Con tales. Um, but we'll go ahead and wrap there. If we if we want to talk more about any of these games, we're now going to be open to making their own episodes and stuff. So uh, that'll be uh, that'll be something to look forward to. You will find it on. Uh, you can find us anywhere podcasts are also normally distributed. Um, we're also going to be, once we do some not Star Wars Legion content, including this, um, these episodes are also going to be available on our YouTube channel, so you can definitely check the videos out there. Um, there won't be any like video necessarily unless we do something special, but uh, the podcast will at least be available there as well. Um, otherwise... Uh, we look forward to seeing you with more games and with more of us. You know, Trista's going to be joining us for some episodes talking about uh, she's she's going to come on as a full on co-host coming from behind the stage, behind the scenes, now coming to the front stage. You love being on stage, right? That's like your favorite thing, right? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you're you're coming on. There's a lot of games that you've been saying that like you want to come on and talk about. So I'm I'm glad that you're going to get the opportunity to now to to now finally be the voice that you want to be. Yeah, me too finally. <laughs> I guess that's going to go ahead and wrap us out. Uh we had another great year at Gen Con. If you want to catch us talking more about any of these games, definitely check us out later when we uh when we make more episodes talking about whatever we want. So uh check us out there and until next time, I'm Ben Jetron. I'm Paul Watson. I'm Trista Walker. And I'm Phil Walker. Go out and make this year even better. Have a good one.